Welcome to the Avengers Assemble. Today's presenting sponsor is the Naughty Law Group. There are friends that'll take care of you when you're in need of any kind of problem that's going on. In this world, people are out to get you. Look, everybody's striving for a dollar. People see that there are some people that they can take advantage of. I'm going to get that surplus check. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, look, yo, John Naughty's going to be there in case someone's trying to get, get swept and take that little surplus check. He's the man with the plan. He's going to get you exactly what you're looking for. We're talking about maybe you want to go directly to court. He'll be there with you. He'll advise you on if that, that's the best thing to do. You could. Yeah, just I'm trying say, not to pay my rent this month because Corona. <laughs> John Naughty can take care of that as well. <laughs> Wait, you, let's make sure that you've gone through everything that you should do. But when you have a consultation, John Naughty will tell you about all that as well. Check this out. He is the attorney that gets his clients what he looks for, what they're looking for, and he has a history of doing this. So why not check him out? Get a consultation. It's the NaughtyLawGroup.com. Now. What do you guys get when you, you mix some weird guy who just really loves animals? Then you get like a random tiger. You guys think that we're talking about what's that book called? White Man's Burden or the or Rudyard Kipling's The, the Jungle, Jungle book? book? The Jungle Book. All right, not White Man's Burden. <laughs> you guys think uh, that, that was you, Keating's uh, commentary about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all think you're getting that. But oh no, it is a cultural phenomenon that is shocking everybody. After this beat, we're going to be talking about tiger king yo what's up everybody that's your boy mikey p i'm here with chris w and of course <laughs> you the always the always entertaining scotty b what up uh, so i'm not entertained <laughs> no <laughs> you're entertaining scott. all right <laughs> only scott. uh no, no, well, no. I'm just only always. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> always. I'm, I'm circumstantial. I'm like circumstantial evidence, right? I'm circumstantial. Circumstan no, just sometimes you have to make the show actually progress forward. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, you're right. Uh, <laughs> well, that's something you don't do. <laughs> well, that's why I recognize the counterpoint to my... To my I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> well... Everybody, we are the Bingers Assemble. Uh, today we have a little treat for you. So, as you're all being safe and staying indoors, you know, on that quarantine and chill tip. Chris, I know you're on that tip. Scott, I know you're on that tip. I'm on that tip. Yeah. Um, we've basically all seen it. We've all noticed the memes. We've seen the references that have exposed us to this craze that has taken the entire nation by storm. Yes, I am talking about the Tiger King. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> that, like that, was, like that sounds like that movie that that uh, knockoff of the Jungle Book that they did when Disney would make cartoons of all their movies. What is it called, Jungle Cubs? You sound like Shere Khan. Oh, in that. whatever. <laughs> okay, I got one question Look, though. Scott, Scott was this like fourteen up. watching that. He, he's like, all right, I don't want to admit. To that. <laughs> That's why he this said back whatever. In like, back in nineteen eighty six. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I was fourteen years old. Uh, every every segment, I'm 14 years old, so no one knows. <laughs> no, I got one question, though, and this is my uh, – maybe my favorite thing going on about why this is great right now is, What's like, uh, what are you guys' favorite memes about this? Yo. Uh, Man, let me, hey, let like... me go ahead and start this off. Look, uh, let's keep it real. It's when it's when they showed his ex-husband, the one with the missing teeth, uh, that's John, I believe, and John. it shows, hey – <laughs> Hold on, okay. It's when they show his mouth, and then it goes, if, in case you guys are wondering what social distancing is, and it's pointing to the gas in his <laughs> Yo, that's for real, Great though. Great right. Yeah, pretty um, good. I'm going to have to say that my favorite, so I'm going to have to go with um, Lil Duval. 
the comedian, probably the realest one. Oh, uh, right now. no. I Gemini fuck with season, Duval baby. hard. Gemini season. Uh, but Duval posted some shit up where basically it was like his face, but with the Joe Exotic mullet. I mean, the face fit perfect, and that shit was spot on. Um, Amazing. And I'm going to have to say that, that was my favorite one. Nice. Uh, I really like the one where it shows a picture of Post Malone, and it goes, uh, Post Malone will 100% be the next Joe Exotic husband. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I can see Hell that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's wild, man. So check this out. I don't know if it's the boredom from this quarantine that has caused the popularity of this docuseries to skyrocket, or if it's really the quality of the content. I'm going to go with the latter, as I found this series wildly entertaining. But um, we've seen just about everyone come out to talk about this. We've got Cardi B offering to start a GoFundMe to free Joe Exotic. We've got Shaq speaking out, trying to downplay his relationship with Joe Exotic, saying that there was never any type of friendship or any sale of tigers involved. He's basically trying to deny it all. Uh, we've had Mike Tyson come out and basically express his feelings towards tiger ownership and his regrets uh, towards having owned some in the past. I mean, obviously, we saw him in the movie The Hangover and they kind of expressed like his prior ownership, um, but he sounded really regretful about it. Uh, shit, we even had O.J. Simpson come out and basically give his opinion saying that uh, he feels Carol Baskin actually killed her husband, which was wild to me. Like, if you got O.J. basically saying that she did it, like, that's some shit. That's I some mean, shit. I, I love how all of a sudden O.J. has credibility now. Like, <laughs> Of course. Well, well, about murder, he's got yeah, credibility. Well, I know, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it I'm saying. Act, uh, yeah. Like, oh, what is this? I'm Just saying. A, a guy who still thinks that he's innocent is saying that someone else is guilty of murder. Like, come on. <laughs> Fan. No, 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 a guy who knows he got proved innocent. No, he, said, I think that in his head, get... I, yeah, I think man. in his head that he thinks that he didn't do it and that there really was somebody else that did it. Okay, that's probably yeah. a fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah, but nevertheless, saying, if, we're if, not, if yeah. OJ's saying she did it, we need to take his word for it. Okay, that's right. just how I feel. Yeah, it's kind of like Bill Belichick being like, they're going to run a cover two right you're kind of like, yeah, they're probably, they're probably around cover too. Like. Well, see, I would take his word for it because he probably has the footage from spying on them in practice. Oh, Jesus. Hey, shout out to the Bengals, too. He spied on them, and we're going to be talking about Tigers, so. Right. Bengal Tigers. <laughs> Bengal Tigers. Yeah, that, that was the Bengals that he spied on? Yeah. Yeah. The most they recent one. on That's, everybody. Where they were spying on their practice and supposedly they were filming like a documentary and everybody was shitting on them because they were like, why were you spying on the Bengals of all teams? They were like the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, okay. Mm, that Sean McVay offense. Yeah, go figure. I mean, this isn't a sports podcast, so I'm not going to dig right. into that. But Although yeah. I, will, I will contest this about your earlier comment. Uh, I think it's a phenomenon, of course, this show, Tiger King. Great phenomenon, really cool. There's also no live sports at all right now. So as a single heterosexual male who normally <laughs> likes to watch sports, for the lack thereof, I'm going to watch this uh, really cool, like, homosexual tiger owner <laughs> who, like, puts, like, a zombie next to him on a race. Like, they did, like, a NASCAR race in this series. Like, there, there was a lot of shit going on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Honestly, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> like, not only are most of us in the country experiencing a lockdown because of coronavirus, but to no surprise, like the subjects in this series are also being affected by it, which is wild. Like, uh, supposedly it's being reported that Joe, Joe Exotic has allegedly tested positive for COVID nineteen. 
Uh, oh, he's test. He's positive <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You know, we, I, I feel but, like if we went back 15 years and we said, "Hey, Joe's positive as fuck." Uh, there's a different ah, kind of disease. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, he should have. He should have hired you as his campaign manager. So you're you're saying he may have had pre-existing conditions? Oh, know. certainly. virus. This is just what I'm reading, and I don't know if it's a ploy to try to get him out, like how He's, they did with Takashi. Yeah. Could okay. be some sort of correlation there. But I think the thing that's really, like, ra- like rattled me the most, like, just a couple of days ago, uh, it was reported that a tiger at the Bronx Zoo was also reported to have tested positive for COVID-19 as well. Um, rumor has it that Carol Baskin is actually suspected to be involved with both. All right, so like it wasn't bats and penguins in China. It was Joe and Carol Baskin yeah. having a foursome They're... with some tigers. They're behind it all. Dude, nice. we like fast forwarded to the end of the conspiracy episode already. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Episode over. That's Thanks a wrap. So. Thank... <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs> this is what this shit has done to us. We don't even know what time is. Was that it for real? Or was that four minutes? <laughs> uh, somewhere around, somewhere, somewhere along those lines. Uh, yeah. So just, a, just a quick background on it. So Tiger King was created by Rebecca Shakelin and Eric Good. Um, basically, they started their project off as a featured documentary based on the subculture of exotic pet ownership in Florida. Um, how fitting that of all the states in America, they decide to start their project in florida well they knew i mean where else okay so like let's say i said people own tigers man where do you think that is i'm gonna assume florida because I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and quote charlemagne the god on this one but basically saying the craziest see people the in america <laughs> see the <laughs> see the g uh he always says the craziest people in america come from florida and from the bronx yeah well, it's because it's the people from the Bronx that moved down to Florida, like, and retired. <laughs> look, I mean, shout I, out to the Bronx, look, but... <laughs> look, I knew... Look, when you talked about Shaq earlier. Um, that's how I knew that you could have wild animals in Florida because I, th- I want to say I was watching MTV Cribs and then Shaq had the really great episode, by the way. Um, not as good as Red Man episode, but he essentially went there is his house in Orlando, and then they had Red like Man a, and Shaq should do a show together. They should. They should. Uh, but it, it, like Shaq had mentioned something about like having friends that had wild animals, and I figured, okay, he's in Orlando. That's where his friends are. Then I saw some other special on MTV, and they were talking about how you go in like foxes and different shit like that. And so that's how I knew that Florida. And when I first saw when I first saw the previews for this Tiger King, number one, I said, "What the fuck? People are stupid." Um, then number two, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> then oh, I was like, no, then "Did you say like, you people are stupid?" Uh, no, no, I just said people. Said... No, just... <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, and then next thing, I'm just like, this has to take place in Florida, not because like Florida man type stuff. That's part of it. After I watched it, I was like, all right, yeah, I understand why I thought that too. But Florida just man. because, yeah, just because of. The, I knew that Florida had that wild – I mean, they essentially have like a Wuhan-type situation going on, except they don't eat the animals. They just <laughs> like raise them and stuff. Mm, and stuff. 
Well, yeah, why you gotta, why you gotta, why you gotta, why you gotta compare Florida to Wuhan though? That's, they don't have like a wild animal market out there. Not to my Florida knowledge. has a wild. You own like what do you call? All right, if you go buy a PlayStation and like your buddies all want to get a PlayStation, that, there's a market for PlayStations, right? Okay. Is, is I there? Guess. Would you call that a PlayStation market? No. You wouldn't call it a PlayStation market. They're going to best I mean, buy. No, but is there yeah. a demand? A market, yeah. all, all that means is that there's a demand. Right, 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 right. But you don't what think... I'm saying is like at that market, people were known to purchase them and consume them. Well, yeah, I know. And but then I... people go to these random like seven farms and they go, all right, let's go buy these tigers and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I there was also people. a lever f- level four world biometric lab. In Wuhan as well. Okay, all right. Well, uh, yeah. this this is a, this, no, this, this is a fact. This is not a conspiracy. <laughs> all right, well, wait. Wait Google it. This is a hundred percent a fact. We really just as much as they eat bats and pangolins, they had a level four like viral <laughs> biology lab. I'm promising. You. All okay. right, all right. Well, let me get back to this. So, anyway, the premise of the show, <laughs> the premise of the show was to film and interview exotic pet owners. Um, Eric Good is apparently an active animal conservation enthusiast, and so he wanted to maintain a focus around big cats and the private zoos that house them. Um, Shaklin was basically intrigued by the pathology behind a lot of these pet owners. Um, she was even quoted as saying that filming them was pretty easy. She said, we were blessed in this project and having subjects that were obsessed with filming themselves. Narcissism was a common thread, and all of them constantly wanted to be on camera was every filmmaker's dream. Um, so it sounds like, you know, they were already going in the right direction um, as they were gathering all this footage. Apparently, they had already met with Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin during the filming for the original docuseries. And when the drama behind the murder for hire plot unfolded, they basically decided to take their documentary in a whole other direction. And honestly, thank God that they did that uh, because the decision basically led them to produce the number one trending show on Netflix. So kudos to them. Um but basically great just kind timing of, of things, great, uh, great timing of markets, great timing yeah. of politics, all of it. Yeah. I mean, everything basically like fit right in. I mean, they couldn't have timed this thing better. Um, but basically just kind of going over the details. I mean, obviously everyone. So they're listening like, to our phones, right? <laughs> no, I'm uh, kidding. They're hacked. They hacked your microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, but, like, basically, like, obviously, everyone that's listening, like, you saw the series, like, so I'm not going to go, like, on a deep dive and go over all these things, but what I want to do instead is basically just start off with, like, getting your thoughts on the docuseries. Like, what did you guys think about it? Chris, go ahead. Yeah, look, I hated it just across the board. Number one, I fell asleep, I'm not going to okay. lie, like, through at least three episodes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the lullabies of a uh, raving lunatic. I mean, yeah, yeah. I can see look, it. my my thing is this: <laughs> the I look. It's a cultural phenomenon. Like, mad props to it, and mad props to the directors on getting a little bit of the cash on this. I purposely didn't read too much on it. I just heard that there was a, a, a murder for hire plot, and then I go okay. And then people kept talking about it, and then we we were commissioned to do this show, and I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Right. So I didn't go in there with any uh, preconceived notions, really. Very first episode, I was like, all right. You know, it's like, I find I'm pretty sympathetic of Joe. It's talking about. So, wait, you saw a man with a mullet and you saw murder and you had no preconceived notions. Man, I'm from Oceanside. So, look, it's. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that. 
that, you saw a lot of white dudes with mullets back yeah. then. Like you're like, that guy's cool. And, yeah, oh, that, that place is a mixture of <laughs> circa 1993 Shawn Michaels haircuts, and then the plot to <laughs> there will, be, and the plot to there will be blood. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but on uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's like a, but a mix, but it's mixed in with the setting from that TV show Pacific Blue. So um, look. Perfect. So, nevertheless, all right. Look, everyone's like, "Fuck, let's go watch Pacific Blue." I hope they fucking binge that. Um, mm. Check, but I, no, also I want check out "There Will Be Blood." Fantastic. Exactly, uh, which no. is on Netflix. Exactly. Oh, yes. This, this, yeah. isn't ad, way, just, <laughs> this isn't an ad. Netflix. This isn't an ad. Yeah, they yeah they don't sponsor <clears throat> people. Uh, no, but look, I watched it and then I go, okay, I felt you know I felt sympathetic for Joe. I didn't come in when he. You know, I was like, all right, you got a mullet, whatever, it's fine. Um, I start watching. I was like, feel bad for the guy, right? And then immediately, they didn't like have one of those episodes where they try to make you more likable. Like we talked about OJ Simpson earlier, and again, I'm not saying that OJ's likable. If you watch the ESPN documentary, which As was a another football player, is super likable. Okay, yeah, uh, but like the the first episode of that show, right? You you come in with the darkness of OJ, right? And they spend <clears> that first episode making him seem likable to explain why people were caught up in it. Within the first, I'd venture to say, 20 minutes of this, they just cut down all of the I feel bad for Joe, and they went like straight to the controversy and, like, the, all right, he hates this lady. And I was like, okay. I was like, they could have used this. God, this is so much better. more of a low-stakes OJ <laughs> trial, though, for, like, white trash. <laughs> nah, but you know what? That's a good comparison because I didn't think about it that way. I mean, like, OJ was, like, a serious real thing. And this is like such a white trash where all we all gotta stay home and we don't have sports going on. Like, nah, but, but like, everybody cares about it, and they're all like that bitch Carol Baskin. But that's a good comparison though, because that thirty for thirty basically portrayed it the same way. It's, like, yeah, they totally. Told the background story, and it was like you could see why the people were really yeah. like about him, why they stood with him, and then obviously we get down to what we already knew. Like the murder accusation, the court, sure, kind of leads towards like Great why call. people basically sided with him, um, in the ruling of the court, and that's a good comparison right. with this because like we kind of see the beginning of it and we're like, hey, we feel bad for him, we like him, blah blah blah, and then we see the end of it and it's just like, damn, this guy sucks. Yeah. Well, so here's what I was gonna say though. My initial impression, um, Joe Joe Exotic. So, uh, funny story. There's some history here. I totally knew about his presidency run in 2016 which i think some people did too he got play on like john oliver i think some other places uh i don't know about y'all i spotted him a fiver might have given him <laughs> i don't know you had, on his you campaign had five, you had five on it at least i had five on it i was like this this commercial entertained me and i at least gave him five bucks uh but it was cool and then um he he even mentions in the ad, which if now knowing this whole series, he goes, the best line of the whole ad is he goes, I'm Joe Exotic. I'm broke as shit. Some lady down in Florida's got my nuts and advice. <laughs> like, <laughs> back then, you don't know who he's talking about, but he's talking about Carol Baskin. Anyway, uh, the thing I like about Joe, and I think this is what's so great about the series, is it makes this character who you're like, who the fuck? I grew up in Oceanside, so I saw a kid with a mullet. Or, like, I grew up in Ohio, I saw lots of kids with a mullet. I might have had a mullet. But he's very, like, relatable 
because he tells you exactly what's on his mind, and so therefore he's honest. And, like, I think this is very true to this day and age. Like, the, the, the like, thought is, oh, the politicians are lying to me. The media is lying to me because they're creating this, like, PC wrapper around everything. And, like, if a person is very honest about who they are, even if they're a bad person, you're drawn to them. And that sort of explains the whole, like, Trump phenomenon. That's what I liked about like the first two episodes of the show, that's what it was all about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Um, well, so like I had been exposed to the story a while back thanks to an episode on the True Crime pro- uh, podcast. Uh, I was also a little familiar with Joe Exotic from his presidential campaign back in 2016 as did well. Did you give him a tenner I or a twentyer? I didn't give him shit. Um, but Scott, I remember you promote. I remember you promoting him as an alternative candidate to uh, Trump and Hillary. I did. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. I didn't I know mean, that look you. Look at my uh... timelines. Yeah, Scott. no, it's there. <laughs> Multiple I you... shares. <laughs> I didn't know you donated a, a fiver to his campaign though. So yeah, I good. hope that tax break really came through for you. But um, <laughs> no, uh... you, don't, you don't get a tax break for giving money to a campaign. <laughs> I thought well. No, yeah. no, Joe Joe Exotic gave me a tax break because oh. I bought a ten thousand dollar liger. All right, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott uh, had that fill the baloney shirt. He's just like build a day old baloney Walmart shirt. <laughs> that true va- that great value. Yeah. Sam's choice. Uh, nah, but for real so like I'm at the crib, I'm scrolling through Netflix and I'm recommending the series and immediately I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like I was immediately turned off by the title and the thumbnail of the pick because it's got this dude with the mullet with the mustache and the tiger. And I'm like, all right, I thought it was just some series about a country bumpkin version of like Sigmund and Roy, you know, like some dude who's basically just some like circus clown who owns tigers and performed around the South or like the Midwest with them. Isn't it Siegfried um, and Roy? Uh, yeah, Siegfried. Oh uh, yeah, I was like Sigmund thank and Roy. I was like, damn. I was like, <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for fact checking me. Yeah, I wanted to be like Mike, man. Just fucking be a little fucking dick and correct. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, nah, but like, it wasn't until my girl asked me if I had started watching this yet that uh, she made me aware of the storyline. She basically was the one that told me that the series was based off the true crime episode, um, and that this docu series docu series basically went into further detail than the podcast did. So at that point, I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. Um, I'm stuck at the house. It's all I got better things to do anyway, right? We're all on quarantine and chill. Um, so I turn it on. I watch the first episode. And contrary to what Chris Wiggins and a lot of other people that I've talked to have said about having to force their way past the first episode, I was hooked from the jump. Um, I thought Joe's energy and just like his character, like it caught me. It hooked me. And I was just like, you know what? I got to see the rest of the shit. So I just I binged the whole thing in one day. Um and yeah, I really liked it. I thought they did a really good job. I thought the storyline was great. And uh, similar to what you had said, Chris, about how they start off basically telling the story one way and you kind of like f- fall in love with Joe or you like him, ha! you're entertained by him. And Joe then towards exact. the end. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And then I, at the end, you realize I mean, like, is... he... like, yeah, I, I look, maybe this is too soon to mention it. I would have done these documentaries a tad bit differently, but episode three, I would you would have started to see the turn. Not like episode one, you start seeing that they eat, they have to fucking like rip off the old bologna that they give the tigers or whatever, and they have to use that. Oh, as they're all fed on like uh, Walmart re- Redux. But yeah. no, the best part is that's part of their salary is getting like uh, hot dogs that expired last weekend. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm just like, surprised. We have first dibs over the tigers. 
I'm just surprised that none of them ever got like food poisoning or got like sick. Well, I, yeah, I am too. But I guess like we when did we say old, did you guys immediately think about Southern Republican, Southern white Republicans when you saw them eating off of the Walmart meat? Uh, no, I just thought of, I just nah. I just thought of broke people, man. <laughs> I just thought of broke people. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, I I think we said the same thing. Oh. I mean, I'm... <laughs> yeah, you, you, you never been to Houston, man. There ain't no, yeah, there ain't no broke, ain't well, broke. Nah, yeah, <laughs> Those southern white Republicans yeah, ain't broke yeah, down boy, there. Yeah, yeah no, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Houston. Yeah, yeah. This ain't, yeah, these ain't those Texans. He's talking about the Mississippi Republicans. Yeah, he's, yeah talking exactly. about, like, the, he's talking about the Panhandle. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He, he was up in like northern Oklahoma. That's exactly uh, like tornadoes would come in. Oh, that's like oil territory, oil and ter- oil and tor- tornadoes. No, uh, no, I, I, I was surprised about the food poisoning thing, but I guess like the sorry, the food poisoning not occurring, but I'm pretty sure some of that had to have happened because we didn't obviously see everything. Oh, they but, hit it. Okay, yeah, but and it's also yeah, like maybe. they they mentioned that some of the meat was like, yeah, uh, if you just <laughs> if a they guy reported bring, that they reported the food. Back. They reported the food poisoning numbers like China reported the actual numbers of COVID-19 infections. Yeah, exactly. Yo, don't forget that they were also using that same donated meat for the pizzas that they started like serving the public. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. damn, that's that's like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Like, if somebody gets sick and they catch food poisoning, like, they're going to know where they got that yeah. food from. What is Joe, what is Joe saying for, hey, I'm broke as shit. How do you plead? I'm broke as shit. <laughs> <laughs> he goes. I didn't yes. put my name on anything. I ain't dumb. <laughs> Guess that's why I had oh, it. Oh man! All right, so yep. we all know what's going on with this show. So it's we got, you know what's going on with this one. Yeah, and we got introduced to a lot of characters in this series. Um, I'm just gonna go over most of them just to give a brief overview, just because we're gonna be mentioning a lot of people. Um, so obviously, like we know Joe Exotic. We know John Finley, who's husband number one. We know Travis Maldonado, who's husband number two. We know Carol Baskin, a.k.a. that bitch. Uh, that bitch, Chris's Carol favorite, Baskin. <laughs> that bitch. Uh, Chris's favorite character, Mr. Bhagavan Doc Antle. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite person on this show, Jeff Lowe. Not. Fuck him. Uh, then we've got Mario Tabrow who was the uh, zoo owner that was known as the Scarface of the exotic zoo industry because of his prior 17-year incarceration for smuggling drugs. Uh, Fun fact for you guys, he was an associate of Orlando Cecilia, who just so happens to be Marco Rubio's brother-in-law. Chris, we know how much you love Marco Rubio. He might. Go ahead. Trace Commas. Wait, Uh, what did you say? I think we fell off. No, 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 I was doo-dooing. Okay. Uh, no, just kidding. You were doodling. <laughs> no, no, no. You were doodling. Doodle- doodle- no, doodling. Doodling. No, I said. No, uh, okay, yeah, just kidding. I wasn't doodling. Um, fixing the headset. However, I'll say this: Marco, as it relates to Marco Rubio, uh, to have a guy who completely who appears in this bonkers documentary of like the Roseanne family with like mixed with the jungle book and all. And then to hear that some guy who like is, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to say he's unknown, but Mario Tapro, uh, the drug dealer to know that he's related to Marco Rubio. All that does is further my case against little Marco, like legit. It's <laughs> so of the, of, <laughs> it's 
Uh, yeah, so we also had Rick Kirkram, who was the uh, producer who was filming Joe Exotic's reality web series, Joe Exotic King, TV. A.K.A. Kinky Freeman. <laughs> that guy was awesome. Uh, he is, he's an interesting character. Dude look fucking weird, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like, uh, what's that guy from the Rolling Stones? The oh, um... uh, Keith Richards. Keith, he totally looked like Keith yeah. Richards, right? Yeah, a little bit. It was yeah, like you're right, you're right, you're Keith right. Richards yeah, meets meets Scarecrow from our Batman episode yeah. last time. <laughs> Throw in a little bit of white Joe Jackson in there as well. Okay. okay. White Joe... Joe Jackson. No, no, no. Uh, beat your kids oh. till they act weird, Joe Jackson. Oh, white uh, Joe Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we also had Dylan Passage, who was uh, Joe's. Oh, you already know he's husband. a piece of shit. <laughs> Oh. I mean, he seemed nice in the series, man. We didn't really get too much on him. Uh, then we had John Ranky. He was the one that lost both of his legs. And I like John Ranky. He was good. Yeah, also, he was okay. actually probably one one of the more real characters in this. Yeah, was but not from Tigers, though. No, nah, because yeah. he's he he was the one that was out there with his little dog sons playing with the lions, which was crazy. No, no, like, what Scott is saying, I think what Scott is saying, uh, I Scott, are you making a reference to how he became the way he is? Oh, no, no, no. Here's what oh. I'm saying. I'm going oh. beyond this. Okay. Wait, this is super deep. So the reason Ranky's so cool is because he didn't have legs prior to him working with tigers. But everyone he met, probably 99% of them, thought that he lost his legs to tigers. Oh, big time, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, he had this whole thing where, like, everybody underestimated his whole life. But he was always being like, but no, like, I get where they're coming from. Like, why wouldn't you think that? So he's, like, so empathetic and also very smart. And, like, I think he totally demonstrates, like, I wish they would have focused more on him because he would have given, like, a realistic uh, narration of, of what happened there, you know? I agree. Yeah. He just kept it 100, you know? And even, exactly, like, yeah. Okay, that was like... way better than say, my long explanation. <laughs> but, yeah. but I did say my motivation before because I think it is fucked up that everybody looks at you that you lost yeah. your legs well, to tigers and then you're like, you're so stupid for working with tigers and they ate your legs. And he's like, that's not even it. <laughs> it's like, that didn't even happen. Um, but yeah, exactly. I will mention I will mention someone that did have an accident due to tigers. Uh, Kelsey Saf Safari. Um, Saf Saf had his arm basically ripped off ripped off by a tiger. Um, in my his opinion, or I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think it's a she. It's a her. Um, but I also saw a lot of people <laughs> refer to. Saf yeah, no, him. I think. But it was, we heard I think her it was... talk. <laughs> No, no, yeah. no, 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 it doesn't matter how she talks, it matters how, how Saf identifies. Yes. Oh, this might be an issue, I don't know. This is 2020, and as an ally, I'm just going to go by what uh, what Saf identifies, so. Oh, what is she, or what does yeah. Saf identify as, sorry. Uh, I believe male. Oh, Why do you believe that? fuck. Because Why do you believe Saf that? said Saf was a male. Wait, th- when? I don't remember that episode. Well, Chris, go ahead and fact check me. You're already one for one. <laughs> uh, Saf came I, out on Twitter saying Saf's a male or whatever. Right? Oh, there you go. Right. There you go. Okay, all right. I, yeah, I, just, yeah. Uh, I was just saying, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that part during the, what do you call it? Uh, no, this is an important discussion, though, because uh, I none of us 
like place any value or disvalue on what we thought about Saf's gender. We all knew that Saf was awesome. Yeah, in I this whole was, show, we knew and Saf so, was badass. Like I would yeah, say that she, everyone, Saf was probably the baddest fucking exactly, person. Exactly. Like you get your exactly. fucking arm ripped off, and then you go to the hospital, and then within less than a week, you're back at work and working with the Tigers again, and didn't even complain about it. Dude, like, most people would have been howling and crying. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm gonna sue this place. You know, I'm taking whatever you have. Like Saf was just like, yo, this is my fault. Like these are wild animals that saw me. Whatever. Like, because Saf did not want to blame the tiger. And Saf exactly. knew that the Tigers would get blamed if if Saf made the blame. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then to even go about, like, the way that Saf went about it, like, it was, like, basically given, like, this, like, decision, like, oh, you know, your arm is going to be okay, but you're going to have to go through, like, re- like a lot of reconstructive surgery and, like, months and months of uh, right. rehab. Or you can get it amputated and just, like, fuck it, take it off. Yeah. What's an arm? Let's say I've had the best line of the whole series later on, but I don't want to ruin it now. Yeah, save that. Save that. Uh, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> All right, talk. To, All talk right, Seth shit. said in this. Now we gotta we gotta go through it because I think that gives away. Right, but so we'll come back time. to it later. Yeah. Worst tease ever. <laughs> no, best tease ever. No, not at all. All right, continue. The uh, most staff tease ever. We had uh, Scott's favorite character, Eric uh, Cowie, who was the head zookeeper for I love Jones Eric Cowie. Um, basically, he was the one that went on and just threw Joe under the bus and ended up testifying in the trial. So this is why this is why I love Eric Cowie. Two reasons, and I agree with you. He was a snitch, but I'm going to give you these other reasons first. I think uh, testifying my... in general means that you're a snitch. You don't even need to. Agree no, on not it. even, dude. You not even watch. All right. Dude, all right. Do we are we not allowed due process in this country? So well, no, the reason I like snitch, Cowie. Well, all right. Well, whatever. Yeah, what I like about Cowie. Here's the thing. Uh, the bet. The first question where I where I realized I liked him was uh, the narrator goes, "Do you know how many wives Doc and Teal has?" And like everybody else answered, they were like, "Oh no, I heard he had two or three. And then staff was even like, oh, I already had four or five. And then someone else was like, I don't even know. I heard about seven. And then it goes that, to him and he goes, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> one of the best lines of the whole series. And then, uh, so when he did actually testify against Joe Exotic, I was disappointed but do you remember the interviews? And they made they made it in a note. He goes, yeah. And he talked about how he uh, went out and killed, I don't know, whatever the tiger's name was. And I feel bad that I don't remember his name. But he was so fucking wasted. Eric Cowie? Dude. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, all, those, all those different camera wasted. angles all showed. They all yeah. showed empty bottles of Smirnoff. I was like. Correct. How much did this fucking guy drink? <laughs> so <laughs> why did he drink though? He drank because he testified against Joe Exotic to the government. And now it's, it's it's interesting that, that like you bring killed. that up because like in his interview, like he was basically quoted like he he said like I knew what was going on. I'm not stupid. Like I knew cats were getting shot. 
you know those cats trusted me. So when they died, I was the guy that was right there. Exactly. So that basically tells you where he was at. Like, he probably felt responsible because he was connected to these animals. But he didn't like the government. Well, yeah. I mean, how many people in this show probably seem like they're anti-government, though? He also didn't like a damn comb, either. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. He, he looks like fucking like... If it was called Von Comb, he'd have had a smooth <laughs> look. He looks like Brett Michaels if poison actually happened to him. Like, legit. <laughs> I just love like that scene where they're interviewing him. It him just hurt him real bad. Like, What's up? Like, if the poison didn't kill him, it just hurt him real bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, I'm going to move on here real quick. So, um... Next character, yeah. we had Mr. Alan Glover. He was Jeff Lowe's employee, who was uh, the one who's supposed to allegedly carry out the hit. Um, we don't really know too much about him. We know that he was a former convict. He's got, I don't know if it was like a teardrop or whatever tattoo under his eye. Um, Definitely a teardrop. He was also a buster. You know, fuck him too. Uh, Never trust a guy named Alan. <laughs> I just never like trust that, a like, white dude who's willing to mow your lawn and then also consider killing someone for three thousand dollars. Yeah, like that's part of the buy one get one free. Hey, yeah, I'll also kill someone for you. Yeah. Well, like when I'm they not said that, trust like, that dude ever. <laughs> when they said he went on the road and they were like, we didn't hear from him, we couldn't get a hold of him, blah blah blah. I was like, this fucking guy probably took that money and went on a coke binge and like. Just as going he through like a run on coke. And then minutes uh, later, it's more like a crack binge. Like he can't afford coke. It's a, a meth. Oh, yeah. yeah, true. He went on yeah, a yeah. meth binge. Yeah, yeah. Like, meth seems to be the uh, the drug of choice in this series. He's so. like, he's like, the thing is, if I can get ten dollars of cocaine, this meth becomes sixty dollars of meth versus twenty five dollars of meth. You gotta, you gotta know those calibrations, man. Yeah, you guys like, don't know yeah. this. <laughs> I just love like the docket. Like at some point, Eric Good could have like when they're interviewing, uh, what's his name? He had like, a scene where he's like fucking wearing a bandana or, or fucking a, I don't know, like a leather fucking skull cap or something like that. Like a daddy he's, cap. Yeah, and he's there with his fucking shirt off, and I'm like, dude, like if you're gonna have your shirt off in this, you gotta look. You you can't just be looking all right. You gotta look super right, you know. And I'm like, stop, Eric. Like, tell him. <laughs> no, he was so hillbilly strong, man. Like, have you never met those guys? No. Really? No, no I don't. Oh, <laughs> dude, these guys you say, like you say I've like I'm the... missing out on something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're missing out on just like raw natural power. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that power all went to waste, so... <laughs> yeah, do you guys see the... Uh, it actually... Yeah. It, well, no, of course it did. It's not like... Uh, he's not like Arnold, obviously. As he's president, but well, obviously. It, it's like... Well, what I'm saying is it's like the redneck version of that. It's just some random dude who looks pretty chubby, and he's so strong. And you're like... It's like chops <laughs> wood and fucking... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, lawns. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know how many fucking black bodies I fucking lifted, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying you might kill someone for $3,500 also. Like, nah, he, he doesn't have a lot to lose. He ain't <laughs> about that life. And neither is James Gerritsen, who's the next character I'm going to bring up. He was the uh, he was a strip Star. club owner. He was the chubby dude that owned the lemur. Star. He was He was the main Oh, snitch. God, this fucking guy. Um, yo, did you guys see that meme of him? Like Kenny Powers, like, 
in real life. <laughs> yeah, did, did you see the meme of him on the jet ski? Yeah. Uh, yes. I've seen everything about him on a jet ski. Like, yeah. The, the best <laughs> him on a jet fucking... ski made this show amazing. Yeah, just that fucking no reason at all. It's just him on a jet ski. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> Yo, yeah. would you guys go to his strip club? Uh, it seems like it's a strip club from Ozark. So I'm sorry. Like it's like hit or miss. <laughs> It'd be like yeah. in the middle of nowhere, like in some like swampy ass area. Yeah. Yeah, like he's gonna come out wearing that fucking red shirt that he's wearing, which seemed to have like the Star Trek uh fucking badge on it. That was like on his left chest. <laughs> All his strippers have C section scars on them. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Oh man. <laughs> they, all, they all got they all got jet ski tans on them too. Oh yeah. I, I can see Yo. it. Like you walk in there and the fucking strippers have like band-aids on their fucking ass and shit. You know, just yeah. Do you guys notice the store he had? Like, what kind of fucking store did he own? It, it, it looked uh, like it, it was like yeah, it's uh, half Goodwill, half like one of those. Oh uh, no, that's like a proper market. Have you guys ever been in the flyover no. states? <laughs> no, yeah, dude. I've been a flyover. I ain't gone to those proper markets. <laughs> no, dude, you can get you can uh, get, I just a... get the stuff at the hotel. Oh no, I've, man, this I've is flown perfect. over them. No, no, no. So, Mike, you're missing out. If you drive your car through the middle of the country. And you just go like, I'm going to go 12 hours until I'm not tired anymore. You might uh, come upon a town where you could pet a baby tiger and buy a G-string with the guy who's allowing you to pet a baby tiger and uh, buy a Walmart-infested old meat taco like yeah. all for fifteen dollars well it doesn't like, sound like i'm miss I'm, I'm not missing out on yeah. much obviously dude <laughs> like i don't even know how you're trying to make this sound you, like enticing i don't think you heard what i said at the end there i heard everything you said <laughs> but speaking dude, of Walmart, <laughs> you're missing out yeah totally you gotta go the fuck uh speaking that's of Walmart, why jokes out of show exists well, speaking People of Walmart, really, you should go to James Garrett's I'm going to bring stores. up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just go shop there. I'm sure he's got some Black Friday specials. <laughs> uh, speaking Bulls. of Walmart, I'm going to mention the last character on my list, uh, Mr. Joshua Dial. He was Joe's campaign manager who Joe met when he was buying ammunition at Walmart and having He'd a conversation. He'd come in and buy bullets all the time. <laughs> Having a conversation over a purchase of ammunition, Joe basically offered him the position to be his campaign manager. Uh, I liked his his character, and I'm glad that they brought him in because he was a little smarter than some of the other ones. And I think his uh, his descriptions and his explanations kind of gave us like pretty decent insight. He also uh, saw Travis fucking die. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it was crazy how they showed the footage, you know, obviously like they don't show the angle where he, uh, kills himself, where it shows right. him. Yeah. But it shows his reaction. And like, you could tell that's some real fucking footage. Like you see his face and he put, you see him put his hands yeah, on his face. And it's like, oh yeah. No, this, this guy just saw something. Yeah. But I yeah. thought he was no, entertaining. He's like, yeah. He's sitting there with the, no, yeah. He's like, uh, that is a, fu- yeah, that's like a weird scene that they kept in there. Right. It's like, first it's like him wearing, uh, uh, you know, jeans tucked into his white socks and then, like, fucking one hole on his fucking 
uh, his knee and then wearing like some fucking shirt with clearly with a ton of spaghetti stains on it, right? And then he's just like, oh, what happened? Like looking all super Michael Moorish. Um, and it's like, <laughs> like for this show to have like gone there, like that's one of the things that, that that's the most shocking thing, right? Not fucking dial or whatever, but just the fact that whole the whole suicide thing that they covered it and like had fucking actual footage of it, you know? And it's like, okay, this went zero. This went zero to one hundred. I, I know for a fact I didn't sleep during. Uh, I didn't fall asleep during that portion of it. So it's. I okay. didn't. I just yeah. thought it was interesting. Like he talks about how Joe ran as an independent at first, and then he didn't know what a libertarian was because Joshua Dial was a libertarian. He decided to run right. as one, um, which I thought it was interesting that he would also be a libertarian. Uh, Chris, I know that you love libertarians. Oh yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I like find them. They're some of the most realistic. Like they have so much success, and they're some of the most realistic and liked people on the planet. Like everyone loves inviting libertarians to their soirees and game nights and like graduations and everything. Uh, they're so respected. So uh, for everyone out there, like no, I look. <laughs> yeah, I was that say, was sar- that was all there. sarcasm, by the way. They're all represented by like two people, uh, like a half a person. One guy in Texas named Ron Paul, and then his son who couldn't even fulfill the don't fantasy forget, land for longer. <laughs> don't forget Chris Wiggins' arch nemesis, Larry Elder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then a black guy that's libertarian, so you don't even know who he is. Yeah, but we do because he sucks. <laughs> Yeah, is Jesse Lee is, Je- is Jesse Lee Peterson also libertarian or what? Oh God, no! Jesse Lee Peterson is Carl is Uncle Ruckus. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Ruckus. Yeah. yeah. So we've given we've given a little overview of everyone that we met on the series. Um, I want to take the time to really I want to take the time to really go on a deep dive on some of the bigger fish on the series. So real quick, um, obviously it's pretty obvious that the main character of the show is Joe Exotic. Uh, so starting with Joe, I want to get you guys' opinions on him real quick. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but like Chris and Scott, I want to hear you guys just give us a little more details. Well, look, tragic and fractured, uh, man. Uh, I mean, one of the more, look, like I said, they present him as sympathetic through the first 30 minutes. So you get an idea on why he sort of, uh, is the manner at which he is and you empathize with him a little bit. However, you know, he just comes out just way more terrible than everybody else. Like, when I look at it, I, I ju- this is how I judge people, right? Would I be proud of them if I was their parent? You know, um, I can't necessarily say if I were, I'd, you know, my goal from like one of the things that wouldn't be a goal if I had a child, right? I wouldn't say, hey, go out there and be a polygamist um, and like shove meth down, like, if you have one, if you have one of your husbands is interested in drugs or whatever, keep like feeding his meth addiction and everything, um, and then he kills himself and yada yada, and then you don't like taking your time version of a parent sounds like God. We can judge everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, yo, let him talk his shit though. Let him talk his shit. So it's uh, yeah, it's and, and I'm, yeah, and I'm just like, all right, what are the the redeeming qual? Like, I'm like, what are the redeeming qualities of this guy? And it, it, I went down the list, and I was like, all right, after 20 minutes of the documentary, I was like, I don't necessarily know that there's any redeeming qualities uh, of him. You know, it's like okay. the guy. This the is guy a good is a God and humble God. What's up? 
No, I agree with you, hundred percent. He has no yeah. redeeming qualities. <laughs> but you said you liked him earlier. Oh, I like parts. I like the things about him that are honest. Okay. Okay, like what? Wouldn't that be a redeeming quality? Um. Well, no, it doesn't redeem him from the hell he deserves. Okay. Right. It's like uh, uh, redeeming from like the new negative low that we know in 2020 of like coronavirus and Trump is assuring us that things are good. Like that's a pretty yeah. fucking low ass low. Like, so this guy is like cool because he's honest and he's like he's real. Uh. I think the interesting thing, we talked about this earlier. So you have Joe Exotic, Carol Baskins, Doc Antiel. And and the whole, here's what I would say is like kind of unrealistic about the whole series. All these people are like set up as rivals or whatever, right? But all of them have a lot of like tigers. So all of them have like, 90% 90% more in common than any other three random people in the world have in common because they have so many tigers. You know what I mean? Good. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then there's still conflict, you know? Fucking <laughs> people. <laughs> I mean, you got a point for the most part. I mean, I, I don't always agree with you, and I'm not going to, like, go on this whole tangent about how I don't agree with you. Do the tangent. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save it. Um, I mean, any other thoughts that you guys had on him before we move no, on? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'll, 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 I'll speak about him in totality once we get to some other people as well. Okay. Um, Scott? No, no, no. I uh, let's 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 move let's move on in the canoe that is uh, Joe Exotic's life, slowly uh, but deliberately. Well, I mean, like I'll, I'll go ahead and agree <laughs> with Wiggins before I move on. Um, I think that as we met him as a character, you know, he tells a story about like how he was struggling um, as a young adult dealing with um, mm. his his own admission to being uh, homosexual and then the issue that he had with his dad where his dad basically like shunned him and kicked him out of the house and said like don't show up to my funeral um, made him sign that, an agreement to not or, didn't he like right. sign an agreement yeah terrible his dad's a fucking piece of shit yeah and you know the whole situation with him basically saying that he uh, he had a suicide attempt and survived and had to go through rehab and went through this whole process and that's what basically led him to uh, becoming exposed to the um, exotic animal park and you know the issue with his brother dying and then him deciding to purchase a zoo and uh, commemorate it basically like uh, in memory of his brother you know and so like you mentioned like we kind of feel sorry for him and like we kind of grow this attachment but as we start to see his story unfold um, uh, I want to say like we start to see some abusive traits within him um and the reason why i say abusive is because a lot of the things that were basically like revealed um and they were revealed by uh, his campaign manager uh josh style um he basically said that he you love josh style. <laughs> no well he he gave some good insight like he no he uh, did of course he made a he made a comment where he was like there are people out there they will look at a person who is in desperate dire need of something 
and in Travis's case, he was addicted to meth. And Joe went on to say, like, Josh went on to say that uh, Joe Exotic basically manipulated Travis, um, who was already a heavy marijuana user, and he basically like convinced him to marry him by supplying him with more meth and keeping him hooked and keeping keeping him coming back. And um, basically what he said, he's like, when you have someone and they have a need and you have someone that takes that need and they fulfill it and they become the only person who can f- fulfill that need and in exchange that person gives them whatever, sexual or any other favors that they want, that's the relationship that Joe had with Travis. And that's the reason why I say that I believe he was an abusive individual because knowing that someone has that type of addictive behavior and being that person that's feeding them that addiction and not allowing them to leave the compound and keeping them trapped. I can see one side of it where it's like, you don't want to lose that person. But then I see the other part where it's like, you're basically keeping a person prisoner. And that's, well, I think, I think when they say, uh, we in this whole documentary, they mean math. Yeah. Uh, and maybe well, they're, they're not allowed to, to say that. No, it's it's math. Like you don't, you don't, you don't, you can't like really control someone with weed like that. Like, yeah, I agree. I mean, you I agree. know what I mean? I agree. And I mean, there are a lot of rumors about how he basically took two these two straight men and John Finley and Travis Maldonado and basically doped them up with meth and basically got them to marry him and turn them gay to be in a relationship with them and well um, yeah i don't even like i wouldn't even argue that i'd argue that's not a damn rumor i mean look we watch it unfold uh look you i've seen thousands of documentaries of married people in my life right whether gay you know gay straight whatever you know and the first of all to john and travis had the person like they essentially had the personality of those little dark scenes that you see on like white carpet when you're too nasty to fix shit or whatever. Like they just were there. Right. And they like marginally, like during the whole period that they were married, right. They, there's barely any footage of them talking or reflecting on, uh, or sorry, talking about what, why they were married and what they liked or anything like that. It wasn't until later. And we see John getting his, uh, little, uh, his bladder, his bladder or navel tattoo removed, you know, uh, that we get his thoughts where he's just like, yeah, you I'll never think. Was he heartbroken or was he out of, was he out of, I think he was disappointed. And I think it's because he probably saw that, uh, Heartbroken. That Joe Joe started to favor Travis, and I think that he kind of felt that he got pushed out of that relationship. You know, yeah, he he loved but him with with him, his no teeth. That's what I'm saying. Like, in that him, pink, in that pink rifle. For yeah. him to sit there and and claim that he was a straight man, I'll I'll give him bisexual, but he had a tattoo that said "Property of Joe" on mm-hmm. his pelvis. Uh, I mean, Joe's sexual- husband. Do, do we yeah. agree that sexuality is kind of like a uh, spectrum of numbers? Okay. Uh, oh. uh, elaborate a little bit. Okay. So what I think is like Travis was like a two in terms of like on one is super heterosexual and ten is super homosexual. What? I think that's low. That's like I give him an eight. No way, Travis. Oh, Travis. Oh, sorry. I thought, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's One good. or yeah. two, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John, probably a six, 6.5. Okay. 
Uh, Joe Exotic is in 9.5. I go with Joe Exotic at 15. Uh, yeah, maybe 15. And I, and I, and I, go, I go John with an 8. Like, I mean, we're talking about a tech. Look, look uh, I'm pretty sure Barney Frank – uh, Pete Buttigieg and Andy Cohen don't have their partner's names tattooed on them, much less like the area for uh, like to have it where he had it is essentially, hey, he's giving me a blowjob or whatever. And then I then he gets to look up and see, oh, yeah, all right. I own this person or whatever. You know, Probably that's so, that's right? higher than a six. That's, that is that is a strong bond you've created. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying like. <laughs> But I, I think you're right, and and I think that's why like you now placing Travis under a two. I mean, I'd probably put him at like a three, but if you look back at a lot of the footage, like when he's kissing him, there's never like a full kiss. It's almost like a peck, and it's almost hesitant. It almost kind of feels yeah. like he's there, but he's not really there, you know. And, and he was basically just... the bitch though, because uh, Joe Exotic took Travis's last name Maldonado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's all very interesting. And, I mean, we could talk about this all day. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into it just because uh, the storyline behind it is a little intense, especially with the outcome of what happened to Travis Maldonado. Um, exactly. Whether you want to rule his situation as an accident or a suicide, um, I'll leave that up to you. I mean, look, I... I Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I know that we've had this discussion before, and Chris, uh, you're a little more familiar with guns than we are. Um, we know that he was playing with a Ruger, and um, the storyline behind it is that a Ruger, if it does not have a clip in it, it can't be shot. It can't be fired because it's not like a typical pistol where it'll have a bullet in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're subject, the Rugers are subject to malfunctions, you know. Uh, look, and I'll say this. I would argue that there was oh, well. What we need to remember about suicide, right? Uh, and I'm not a medical expert, obviously, but think about it like this: you there is a point where you push the button of suicide, and I, I say this for lack of a better word, uh, lack of better word, right? Normal individuals um, that you know, they're cogent and they have their mental health in check and all. They don't do things like, oh, well, I'm going to show off and joke around and um, what do you call it? And like, you know, put a belt or like put a belt around my neck and then just like hang from the ceiling or whatever. But I'm not really going to do it or anything like that. Right. Right. Normal individuals aren't doing that. Normal individuals aren't, you know, uh, doing this. Hey, look at this gun, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's that whole, uh, you know, you guys haven't seen this yet, but which you should though. The old, the old 90210 first two seasons. They have this little scrub on the show named Scott Scanlon, who's played by du- Douglas Emerson, and they have a very famous scene where Mike Megan Fox's husband, uh, now husband Brian Austin Green, uh, he's talking to him because they're best friends on the show, right? And then the uh, the storyline is that they had essentially the Brian Austin Green character had stopped talking to the other guy Scott. And then the guy Scott's at his birthday party and all of the friends came to visit him, not because they liked him, just because they were guilt tripped, right? And so he goes, he's like, oh, they're not here to see me. He goes, look, look at my dad's gun. He's like spinning it around, right, and playing with it. Then it goes off and shoots him in the stomach, you know? Uh, Chris hijacked this episode to become 90210. Yes. And I demand <laughs> we go back. Yeah, I was well, I'm just that saying. Too. 
Well, I'm, mind, what I'm, I'm like, what, all right, all right. Any opportunity <laughs> has to take this towards 90210, he's going to take Well, I'm it. just saying this is exactly what happened here, right? It's you're you're playing around with a firearm trying to, in front of someone else, you know, and the other person's like, what the fuck is going on, you know? No, in, individuals who have their shit together uh, mentally and who are stable, right? They aren't doing that kind of stuff. So whether it, he attempted to kill himself at that moment, he was on suicide's door. So let me ask you this. Do you think on it was an accident? Do you, think, do, you think, do you think it was an accident or do you think it was uh, intentional? No, I think it was an accident. However, I do think that at some point he would have killed himself. I mean, the guy was uh, the guy was on meth. He comes from a mom that's fucking methed out as well, you know. And he, at some point, look, I don't know what his psyche was. Or two, whatever, plus, two plus two weeks was four. I mean, two do you know for a fact that his mom was methed out, though? Yeah, you can look at her. Look, look I don't need to know that she was methed <laughs> out. She was on drugs, and I'm not talking about weed. All right, and it wasn't coke. This sick of weed. All right, yeah, this sick of weed. I'm trying to be a little politically correct, but I, I, I will side with you on that Dude, one. Look at her. What are you doing? Like, it's not politically correct to lie. What is this, Mike? <laughs> I'll give you that one. I <laughs> look mean, at her interview. She didn't. She even mention that she fucking did shit. Nah, she didn't mention it. But I mean, I'm from Southern California, bro. Like, in the neighborhood I grew up with, in you know, like. Meth is pretty popular amongst like uh, the Cholo community, and I know a lot of homies that were either slinging meth or they were doing meth. And uh, I encounter a lot of people that are smoked out. Um, mm-hmm. She definitely had that look, you know. And yeah, it, it's not a matter of judgment. It's just you know it when you see it. And mm-hmm. looking at her face, the way she was speaking, um, her mannerisms, like whether she was an active user or a recovering user, you could tell that there was some uh, some prior use involved. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you that one, but Scott, real quick, what's your opinion? Do you think it was an accident, or do you think it was uh, was intentional? Oh, intentional as fuck. Mm. Okay. Uh, why do you say that? Look at her. <laughs> Wait, the mom. I said, Wait, the, the just the look at the mom. Do you think that uh, are you, are you basically saying that there was? Uh, there was some troubled youth behind him. Like no, it was, it was more like was... sabotage. It was uh, uh, no, of course it was it, yeah, all of those things. I mean, I, I agree. No, I mean, yeah, I, of course it was all. <laughs> I, I will agree with you just because of the way that they introduced him in the story. Um, they said that he was a kid from California. He kind of just showed up at the right. zoo, and it's just kind of like, all right, like if he's a nineteen-year-old kid, like how the fuck does he end up in? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. Like, what 19-year-old kid just leaves his house? And I think he just got addicted to meth by well, they, this they dude. Said, yeah, they did, like, well, no, they said that he arrived there with a prior addiction. Like, he was already heavy into marijuana and meth. And, right. Um, he got introduced to the zoo uh, by another employee that f- knew him that felt that him being around animals might be a better way to uh, help him rehabilitate and drift away from the drugs. Yeah. Should have went to the docks. And then Joe Exotic <laughs> just gave him meth all the time and made him marry him. Like, I yeah. mean, he gave him what he wanted. I mean, let him play with all the guns, gave him the toys. I, I, I think there was something there as well. Um, but I will just say, like, I, I feel that this was probably more suicidal. I think that he might have been dealing with depression low-key. And I think that his uh, his environment didn't help. I think him living with Joe and Joe going I don't think he was gay. And he and, was and doing well. meth a lot. 
and I think the drugs can do a lot. I mean, not sleeping. Um, of course. I mean, that could cause delusions. That could cause a lot of uh, issues with mental health. And I just want to say that anyone out there that's listening that's dealing with mental health issues, as an advocate of mental health myself, um, please, 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 like, talk to someone, reach out. You can DM us, message we can point you in the right direction to speak to someone who's a professional or just any type of advocacy groups that can offer any type of help. Um, because it is important. Suicide, I think for me is, is, is a big issue that goes unspoken out here in America. And I just feel like we need to really just accept that there are people out here that are dealing with issues and just because they don't speak on it and they portray themselves a certain way, doesn't mean that they're not feeling some type of way. It's a good call, man. I'm going to step off my soapbox now. (laughs) DM Mike, get... not DM Mike. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I <laughs> won't be the best to. Yeah, no offense or anything. Just DM Mike. He's better at this. Yes, uh, I am basically married to a therapist, so I can point yeah. you in the right direction. Or write um, a write a write a an actual physical letter to me at at the address given on the podcast. I don't read don't, digital what, messages. What, no, I want what like. <laughs> he's trying to reach uh, he's trying to get fan mail yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, no stand... only literal letters yeah you want stan yeah. to message you yo dear slim yeah exactly <laughs> no i'm uh, asking for slim well let's let's get into our next biggest character you wrote it on uh, a starter cat <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think our opinions might not differ too much with this person and by this person i'm referring to that bitch Carol, Carol Baskin. Baskin. Uh, just real briefly, what did you guys think about her? Oh, she totally person? killed her fucking husband, yo. All right, <laughs> let, let's keep it 100. The fact All of the right. matter is, the way that Carol Baskins, the guy, Dude. creepy creepy guy follows her and goes, hey, I like you. If you don't trust me, uh, get in the car with me and you can hold your, you can hold this gun that I have directly at me. And then we're going to get married. Okay. That's shotgun wedding. Weird, that's such a weird. Yeah. Shotgun yeah. wedding. <laughs> yeah. How is that not a like? Uh, oh, he's rich. This is a fucking weird request. Uh, I could just say no or say, hey, I'm gonna call the cops for you fucking following me on the road, right? Um, uh, all, all I'm saying is this: the fact of the matter is, the ain't nobody would ever think like, hey, it's uh, the way that like. The guy has, like, she did, was willing to put up with this uh, absolute, like, these three people, like, the people that we're covering, right, they all have something in common, and the theme around that is controlling another individual. Um, Right. That was, that was done, that was done onto her. Now, I question how willing it was. Yeah. Now, for the simple fact that she got, she, you know, she got some cash out of it and then completely killed the guy, you know? So she deserved 35, 42%, something like that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think she had something to do with it and she can act as innocent as she wants. I mean, even just her telling the story and her reaction and her face, I'm like, this person is guilty. Like no one's going to talk about a situation that that's, of course. that's that sensitive, you know, like the man just completely disappeared. Like, whether he left you hanging, you know, that would cause some sort of heartbreak. That would cause some sort of hurt. And just I like, think I think the there's only one other person that everybody is like, there's this person I don't like. 
is Carol Baskins and it's Hillary Clinton. And we don't know why we don't like her. I feel like that's going to get killed on Twitter, yo. Oh, man. I'm just saying it's true, though. Yeah. All right. Well, talk your shit, bro. Talk your shit. I mean, okay. Hillary lost to Donald Trump, who's basically this crazy-ass tiger-wielding motherfucker. (laughs) It's because people don't like Carol Baskins. Like, they're like, Oh, you have to do it my way, or you can't do it at all, and I'll stop doing it too. <laughs> like, it's just like, dude, we're all owning tigers. We're all very, way more similar than any normal person. And I wish they would have, like, just got that community, you know? I think the thing with her is, like, as they introduce her character, she's coming in and she's talking about how... You know, she was born around cats, and she was a cat enthusiast. And then she started off this organization to basically rescue cats that were either abused in circuses or were owned by abusive owners in Florida. And you think, like, all right, cool. Like, she's a conservationist. She's about the movement. She's about the animals. All right. And then they start to dig in deeper into, like, her organization. It's like, all right, um, she's got these employees basically working <laughs> for free. Talk about it. For free. Color-coded. And she has them all basically separated with, like, these color-coded <laughs> positions. Like, you're a green shirt. That means you're a newbie. You've been there for less than a year. Uh, if you're, like, an orange shirt or whatever, I forgot. Um, that means you've been there Purple for shirt. Year. It means I've never even met you. But then I'll, I'll say hi to you seven years after paying me to go to my school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got these people basically donating their time, volunteering their time to work for her for free (laughs) as she's making money. Like, she mentioned that people pay entrance fees to enter her park. She rents her park out for events, weddings, whatever the case is. She's capitalizing. She's making money off of all that. But she can't pay people to work for her because this is a non-profit organization. Fuck out of here. Yeah, She's uh, there's not many redeeming qualities about her. Um, you want to respect her for being a survivor of uh, her husband having been a controller and all, but then there's the fact that she cut him up and like fed him to uh, tigers. Fed him to and tigers. Then, yeah, and then there's the weird will where it says in case of my uh, disappearance. I mean, yeah. dude, the the her being controlling versus her feeding him to a tiger. Oh, him being control, him being controlling. Oh, right. that's what I mean. Him being in. Yeah. Uh, well, I know. I'm not comparing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip that one on you though, because he went and said that he had told her he was gonna leave her, and she said, "If you leave me, I will kill you." So right. that doesn't seem like he was a controlling one. No, it seemed lose like... lose for this motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> It almost seemed like he was the one that was being controlled and she was basically trying to force him to stay with her. Like, do not leave me or else. He basically mm. went to the authorities fearing for his life. Yeah. And right. then just the storyline behind like his disappearance, how the authorities dropped the ball, which wouldn't be the first time, obviously. During investigations, they've obviously made plenty of mistakes where they've left evidence out there uncovered, uh, undiscovered, and basically just gets hidden away. So they really dropped the ball on it. Now, allegedly, according to TMZ, um, the police department for that area in Florida where they were at is now asking for tips and offering rewards to see if anyone can uh, provide any information about the whereabouts of um, Mr. Don to see if they, they can They can just go him. look at one of the tigers? <laughs> this is what happens when the females take over. 
white males can get killed and no one cares. <laughs> that was sorry. That was the ultimate sarcastic comment. Of um, course it was. That's the I'm, whole point of no. This is what's really funny about the show. I'm like, I'm gonna like, save you before you get killed even more on Twitter. No, that's what's so sarcastic about it. That's what's so funny about the show. It's like, dude. We're automatically programmed to not like Carol Baskins and say like she hurt this dude or whatever. Awful. I I don't know if we're automatically programmed to hate her or anything like that. It's just that when we find stuff out stuff about her, it's just like zero to one hundred. Like like when even when initially the documentary starts, you it's presented in a way that that Joe is irrational about her. Right. Like she yeah. talks about, she talks about her uh, facility. It's she doesn't even call you it cool a zoo. cats and kids. <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't even call it a facility. It's called the Big Cat Rescue Facility. Right. And so that leads you to think like, oh shit, like she's rescuing these animals. Like she's actually there for their own personal uh-huh. benefit, as opposed to her own personal gain. And then you start to read between the lines. And you're like, nah, she's full of shit. Yeah, yeah. And when we get when you get to her episode, that's when it's like, okay. This is mad suspect. And then what they had, uh, what do they have? Don's uh, ex, what his ex wife, and then his daughter on there around how she like kept. What I think she, I think yeah, implying and that, I think his mom was on there too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And they're like implying that he, she kept him from them and stuff like that. You know, she kept them from her, from him. Um, I don't think she gave them anything um, as far as like from what was left over for his uh, his estate. I think she yeah. took over and kept everything. Okay, makes sense. All the yeah. money that was involved. I mean, the whole situation shady. And, I mean, even, like, her current relationship, like, her husband now, his name's Howard. I mean, that dude just seemed like a straight-up lame. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was like, just, he, he he was was like badminton. He was like a C-level badminton player. Yeah. yeah. And that, he was that's in junior guy, high. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they call that the simp. guy... Yeah, they call that guy when uh, Chris loses a woman. <laughs> that's the kind of guy that she always ends up with. <laughs> He's like yeah. the guy trying to Brian, he he gets sucked up in the vacuum cleaner ad, like in the fifties. He's just like a guy saying, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, I I didn't like him either. He well, seemed I, like I, the I type like, of he seemed normal. He, I mean, he seemed normal, but I don't know something about him I didn't like. He he seemed like the type of dude that like if you were a server at a restaurant, he would give you like absolute hell." over the service and then like tip you like a dollar you know oh, like Damn. all right my soup was was not 89.1 <laughs> degrees total it burned my tongue <laughs> Damn. yeah yeah i just bad. think I, I find it hard it's like when you go to sleep like what do you ask her hey what happened to your ex how'd you get all this money what happened to your ex-husband right <laughs> oh how's he doing nowadays you know <laughs> like how does that combo yeah. go oh, oh, oh. Well, a bunch of people, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> people accuse me of having fed him to tigers. <laughs> right? He just went missing and no one f- has any ability to find him whatsoever. The giggle. You did the giggle, man. The giggle yeah. thing that she laughed when she kept laughing about it. Yeah. That was like a telltale sign. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Like, um, no, no, no. Like, everybody has like a weird, um, like, uh, fidget. Yeah. The uh, the next big you guys know what I'm talking series. about. I do, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're gonna talk about the one and only Mr. Bhagavan Doc Antle. This guy's, 
AKA Chris Wiggins' favorite character. Yeah, this guy's such scum. Like, all right. <laughs> First of all, guy has Predator written all over him. Like, <laughs> like he looks Yo. like the total. Pe- he looks like he looks like Lex Luger, but not the total package. Like the fucking one one like a, a quarter package. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, you seem like the type. You seem like the type that be putting these poor girls like on a torture rack too. Oh hell yeah, yeah. All right, he comes in with fucking sun fried skin or sun dried skin and like fucking. Oh yeah. <laughs> it looks like a bluegill. Like if you've ever like taken the skin off and then put it on the next bluegill. Like Wait, make it as extra what's crispy, a, a, like a, a bluegill blue fish. No bluegill oh. fish. Oh. <laughs> He's got that little like. We have a uh, Scott. We we Mike and I grew up near an ocean, not a fucking lake. You know? Yeah, we didn't grow up. All right, really fresh, all right. You don't get that bluegill fish. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. it. We'll talk about it. We're, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe Tell us what people. what's in Lake Erie. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's like you're you're out there. You're in a big old lake. And you're fishing. It's cool. And it feels like an ocean or whatever. And then uh, sometimes you feel like you own that whole place. Like I can start naming. Oh, we want to hear more about the blue gills. Gil- no. that- okay, so it's like a blue. <laughs> he looks like a bluegill if you were to uh, degut a bluegill. Okay. All right. Well, all right. There you have it. Uh, so, uh, all right. Here's my issue gil. with the. Yeah. Here's my issue with bluegill doc. The fact of the matter is, he's a sexual predator. The matter oh. which he like tells these girls to go out there and get like implants and stuff as part of the job, and he essentially has that ranch from fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then when we meet, we meet his wife, and then he's like, "We're gonna get a nanny." <laughs> he's sitting there. They all change fucking- their names. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. He goes, he's clearly fucking everyone, all of them, uh, and then with the threat of them not being paid or them being left out the pasture if it doesn't happen. Like, well, Yeah, one of the like girls, uh, she admitted it. She was like, the yeah. only way to move up in this organization is to sleep with them. She was like, I honestly considered it because I wanted to move up. And she was like, I didn't, and that's why I don't work there anymore. Okay, exactly, yeah. And her name he, was like uh, Bridget before, and then when she came, it was like Laval... Tigress Montenegur. He gave him all like these like yogi Indian Reiki names. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But that's my issue. But if you him. change your name, that's like, like psychological <laughs> warfare. You know? Oh, what I mean? fuck yeah. Well, he, he yeah. like, Chris, Chris, you hit this shit on the head 100%. Like, to talk about how um he's a predator and about how like all three of these characters basically had like similarities where they were all um controlling types of individuals who were also abusive um i think the reason why you probably have more animosity towards him is i think that he was probably the worst of the three um as far as what when it comes down to um abuse and power uh just because of the tactics that he used so like changing their names trying to get them to uh change their looks by adding implants keeping them also um almost like indentured servants on his property like he was paying them what like a hundred dollars a week mm-hmm. and basically wouldn't let them leave the premises and um they were like the flower they were like the petals on a flower though Right, because he's recruiting oh. all, all young girls. So they were all typically yeah, 18, exactly. 19 year, years old when they first arrived. And then he was only keeping them up until, you know, they were of a certain age. And then once he wasn't interested in them anymore, then it's basically like, right, no cute Instagram girl, no cute Instagram tiger. 
hashtag non-influencer get out of here (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that would probably be his modern day uh tactics (laughs) trying to get all these instagram models on there but no I, i i saw someone refer to him as the white r kelly on uh, I don't know, <laughs> on an Instagram yeah. caption, and I was like, "Yo, this shit is spot on." Like, he really is like the white R. Kelly, like keeping these young he girls. Tiger pissed on them, didn't <laughs> piss on them. I mean, this dude is really a piece of shit, and yeah. honestly, I'm I'm surprised that they didn't really come for him earlier because I really think that he deserved to be investigated for some of the other things that might have been going on in his, at his facility. I mean, Lots of things. Like, yeah. Like, he was known for having a harem. Like, he had all these girls there. Maybe most of them were over 18. But the fact that he's manipulating these young girls, like, that's a power dynamic. And I think that that's another thing that a lot of these characters had in common is that they all want to be associated with these apex predators, lions and tigers and bears, and train them and control them. There's there's this feeling that these individuals like, and that's power. To be able to take right. these animals that are yeah. dangerous, that can kill you in one strike, control them and have this power over them, and then not have enough because they want to also take these other other individuals. With Joe's example, he has his two husbands who are a lot younger than him. Antle's uh, example, he has all these young women. And it's like, let me take my power now, extend it to these people, control them, and let me basically uh, lay my authority over them. So is Doc Antio like the Charles Manson of the Tiger like community? Uh, he's worse. <laughs> like, well, Charles well, Manson. Charles Manson actually never killed anyone. Charles he did. Manson. He was a yeah, manipulator. Charles Man- yeah, Charles Manson. So Doc Doc is a manipulator, just like Charles Manson, but he's more akin to fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. And like the 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 fact of the matter is, the guy. Well, let's wait. We'll sep- Jeffrey oh, Dahmer. By killing, and then did he eat tigers? Well, he might. I mean, like, look. did he? So, did he think he was a tiger, and then he ate? Them? So, like, the guy has like thirty-five uh, Department of Agriculture violations for animal mistreatment, where it's like he would like pick deer and peacocks randomly and just leave them. Right. Uh, there's like, you know, he's accused of what do you call it? He's, he's accused of like putting the. He's accused of putting like the tigers in like gas chambers and stuff like that, and what? So that he can, you know, you never heard about yeah. this? Wow! Yeah, I thought this was like well known. He didn't. He didn't admit to it, but they said that they would just randomly see these tigers disappear as they uh, as they grew bigger. I mean, well, gas chambers is a different thing. Yeah, no, yeah, they were talking. Yeah, they talked. I think one of the things they talked about, like if you look not on the documentary, but if you look at some there's some other oh, source I see material. What you're Yes. Yeah, other source material that That's they great. About that now. could be true, yeah. Right, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, yeah. you have this grown animal that consumes how much meat, how much food. Right. All it's all money. used Walmart free wheat. Free right, meat. but I'm saying, like, that costs money to have to maintain. And, and true. that yeah. animal's only valuable to you when it's young because people want to take pictures and play with it. Right. So it's older, it's no longer of use to them, so it's like, I'm not going to keep wasting this money just for people to come see you when I can't make money. If you can't breed anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go into the last character real quick just to get some (laughs) thoughts on him before we start to go into the questions. Um, And the reason why I want to bring up this individual is because I feel like he's important to the storyline. So I'm going to bring up Jeff Lowe. Um, Boo. (laughs) Yeah. Boo. Fuck him. Um, So thoughts on him? 
Jeff Lowe is not on my Christmas card list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm kind of lukewarm on Jeff Lowe, you know. Nah, fuck him, man. Listen, I okay, feel like why, most of the why are you, no, okay, why are you gonna ask my opinion? Like, you ask my opinion, then you go. I, so if, I feel, if, I feel like most of the negative... Jesus, Jeff Lowe's the worst. He spits them from his mouth. Wait, what? <laughs> Being lukewarm. Listen, I'm speaking scripture, yo. I feel oh, like right. most of the negative attention has been drawn on Carol. Like we all go on these rants about Carol. We go on She's these the rants worst. about Doc Antle. And I really think nah, that Jeff Lowe, Jeff Lowe is the real antagonist of the story. Okay. So look, yeah, all right. yeah, I think now, you're everybody, right. okay. Everybody has a Jeff Lowe that they know, all right? You can't really trust him. But this guy oozes that he can't be trusted, right? He's fake. You know, he's fucking bullshit money. Uh, I mean, he's kind Wait, of a scum. Huh? How much money was it that he bailed him out? Like, I think 000. this is important. 30000 Yeah. Dude, I mean, I could have bailed him out for $30,000. Like, you could have been the owner of the GW Zoo. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why this Jeff Lowe guy is so small time and, like, awful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Scott, I thought you would have liked it since he has, like, a redheaded wife. No. Oh, <laughs> God. I'm saying, like, I'm saying the 401k, you... Like, cash your 401k in and bail out Tiger King. Like, this guy was not that big time. But he was, yeah. like, <laughs> such a terrible person. Yeah. Corona, so Jeff coronavirus Lowe, by, by... wiped out that 401k. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <very> true. <laughs> yeah, like, my thing with Jeff. So, look, there's some things that have come out, uh, he, like, now that he doesn't have, like, proper wildlife licensing and... PETA's been on them, but they're on they're on everyone. Um, you know, look. Well, PETA was Carol Baskins before Carol Baskins became Carol Baskins. All right, that's true. I mean, like, he just wanted to complain about the government. You know? Yeah, so there's a warrant out for his arrest, so we know that he's shady, but he just oozes shadiness. And then, like, there's that weird thing where he's like, here, <laughs> go get a nanny. We're going to get a nanny. At least she could be hot, right? And he's like, uh, he, he's oh, the one, God. sorry. He was the one looking at Bumble, not uh, not Doc Antle. It wasn't even yeah, Bumble. One... It was like uh, sugar <laughs> sugardaddy.com or some shit. All right, yeah. Yo, pull up? Didn't you pull up the Instagram for the girl that they were looking at? Uh, I didn't, but she is all over sort of the yeah. She is all over the news, and she's saying that she's actually really a. Uh, she's on TMZ saying that she actually works or whatever. And she's a looker and everything, you know. Uh, like she actually but, works like as a nanny, or she works just like a nine to five. She job? says that she's a part. No, she said that she's actually works and she's a part time nanny. She's the she works. Uh, yeah, her the name first job ever created. Her, yeah, so is, her is she like name is these, Masha DeDuke. Masha is she one of these like home wrecking nannies because you know like uh, the situation that unfolded with like Affleck and Jennifer Garner where like he slept with the nanny like that type of shit. Like I've always wondered like what type of Arnold. nannies are these people. Hi, Arnold. Exactly. Impregnated his... Uh, Not his even a cute one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, maybe you skewed to her, so who cares? But Back to... Uh, talk your shit, Wiggins, before we start the drift. Uh, okay, so, yeah, we got the uh, Masha DeDuke, uh, and apparently she takes care of the... Jeff and Lauren's uh, baby, think was Lauren, yeah, Lauren's baby, uh, Sarah, 
then uh, she's saying that now she doesn't get to do that due to coronavirus. But she said that she does part-time work and that she met the about four years back and had been uh, had been working had been working for them. Uh, she look, said I don't know. Him. She said like he's a piece of shit. No shit. No, she's not gonna. Com- no, she, you know, she wouldn't comment on her employer that who's still paying her. <laughs> um, but look, there is like unless look, she had a union backing her to tell her the truth. Well, she's still like, but she like. It sounds like she still wants to go back and work for them when COVID nineteen lockdown ends. All right, fair. So look, I'm gonna assume that some funny stuff was like happening just because of the way Jeff is. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he came wearing his little leather baseball cap with his black uh, do rag that he seems to wear sometimes, and then goes, "Hey, he goes, uh, hey nanny, <laughs> you know, uh, my wife is pregnant. She said that I'm not allowed to touch her. What do you think? You know." He's just creepy. Yo, like I that. just, I just hated how he looked, man. Like, he looked that type of dude. Like, if I saw him at a bar, I'd want to fight him. Like, he was like well, a, yeah. a, a mix of like Travis Barker and Kid Rock, you know? Like, just yeah. some dude that thinks he's hard, and it's like you first, the first punch that Fred, you throw at him, Fred he's like into like, yeah, Fred yeah, yeah, Fred Durst, yes. Like he wasn't nine oh nine or five six two. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> We're attacking our people in Pomona and Long Beach, or what? <laughs> I mean, he's just no, flaunting no, all this, like, days. he's flaunting this fake money, you know, acting like he's yeah. a baller, uh, <laughs> acting like he's a player, like he's got all these girls, basically using the animals to try to sleep with them. It's like, hey, I got tiger cubs, I got lion cubs, want to come play with them? You know, like, he just seemed, he just seemed like a low-key creep, too. Like, I could yeah. totally see him, like, just bringing these girls over to parties, letting them play with these animals, and just whipping at them, being like, all right, so, uh, what's up? The chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. Yeah. It was yeah. a baby tiger. <laughs> the thing that bothered me the most about him was just the way he went about everything. Like, you knew that everything was a setup based off of all the footage that he had. Like, the conversations that he had of with course. Joe, he was recording them. The things that he's bringing up, he's recording them. The conversations that he yes. had, he was recording them. Like, and, not just and manipulating him manipulating. while recording him. Yeah, like that recorded conversation that he had with uh, Carol and her husband Howard, where he's like, "Last time I checked, I woke up in a free country." Shut the fuck up, bro! Like I would have slapped yeah. the shit out of him just for that. Like <laughs> that just tells you what kind of person he was. Yeah. But then also recording himself talking to like Alan Glover, where he's like, "Hey man, uh, they're gonna ask you some questions. Just say everything that was going on, and you're gonna be forgiven. Like they're gonna give you um, like amnesty and everything." And it's just like, dude, like you're a piece of shit, man. Like you really were looking at this for financial gain. And you threw him under the bus and you set him up on purpose so you could take over for those $30,000 that you gave him. And that's the reason why I don't support this man. I don't support people that use other people that are already in desperate need of help. Okay, so then then why do you care what happens to Joe Exotic since he did the exact same thing and you care that somebody else is doing that to Joe Exotic though now? But Joe Exotic is different though because he pulled a Frank Lucas. No, he used somebody. No, he used somebody. To get something out of it. Everybody uses Who somebody to get something out of it. But you said but you don't you like that. You gotta use somebody. <laughs> is this King of Leon? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a different analogy, bro. Like, Joe Exotic was using somebody to get romance out of it. Like, he was feeding these two men meth to basically stay with him. And he was buying them trucks, buying them toys to stay with him. That's a different type of gain. Jeff Lowe was using... Now, the desperation behind Joe Exotic's situation with Carol and the lawsuit 
and using it for his own financial gain to say, hey, I'm going to set this guy up so I can take over the zoo and I'm going to throw him under the bus so he can get incarcerated. That's what I'm talking about. And that's the stuff that I don't support or condone. Okay, so there's no issue with Maldonado. Uh, no, I do have an issue with that. I'm just saying okay. that those are different scenarios. Well, it's just karma. It's karma biting one guy in the ass, you know? Now, well, this, the same thing's probably going to happen to Jeff Lowe with all these warrants that he has uh, for the animal mistreatment. Someone's just going to hit him up, take advantage of him, see that he's, like, thirsty for money or women, you know, and it'll happen again. <laughs> like, like well, my I'm thing I'm is waiting. this, right? Like, this is like Suge Knight. It, like, this is essentially Suge Knight setting up O.J. Simpson. And they were like, oh, we don't like, uh, I have a personal fucking issue with Suge Knight or whatever. So I'll overlook how terrible O.J. Simpson is as a person. Like, and I know that that's extreme of a metaphor and everything. But we're talking about one rotten bastard taking down another rotten bastard. And then we're, like, legislating uh, and negotiating in our minds what, like, what is acceptable due to us hating one more. That's that's all, all right. that's the only thing that I'm having an I, issue. I with. give you that. I give you that. That's a good. That's a good analogy. That's some like really really serious nuance that I don't <laughs> think our legal system is capable of. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, you've been quiet, man. Even like say, in say, an say ideal world, like I wish it were. <laughs> I'm saying, what do you think about him? Uh, dude, I mean, <laughs> no, of course, he's the worst. Jeff Lowe's like the the guy. Uh, no, what what was his name? Who made the my pillow guy? It was like Jeff Lowe was the my pillow guy. Wait, what the fuck decade was that from? My pillow guy was like later. No, You're my pillow guy right late, now. Late late seventies. No, my pillow guy's right now. He just died <laughs> of a crack overdose or something. Yeah, this is from the eighties. If he died of crack. <laughs> no, right. Anyway. Uh, you guys yeah. gotta fact check me. My fellow guy is right now. Anyway, right, so what's your point? <laughs> my point is Jeff Lowe is the like small time, like I'm a wheeler dealer guy dealing in like five thousand dollars. Like he's like he's so, but he's awful. So he's like the worst kind of guy because he thinks he's big time and he's so like small time. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. I feel you. Um, all right, so we're going to move on because um, I want to ask some more questions about the series. And uh, I'm really trying my hardest to keep Scott on topic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Scott. I'm fucking with yeah, you. Yeah, also, it looks like the, my, the MyPillow CEO is still alive. And the I thought he died last year, and I'm on topic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah it says uh, that he is most relevant in 1978 though that's when he came up with the patent yeah mm. like back when you were 10 <laughs> i wasn't even bored <laughs> but i just yeah. know how to read and i don't watch youtube videos all the, all the time <laughs> fucking beamers <laughs> read books stop yeah. watching youtube to tell you how to live your life <laughs> Out of all the characters that we talked about, who was the least likable cat enthusiast? Oh, fucking, oh, uh, you... uh, Bogvan. <laughs> no, no, Carol Baskin. Yeah, I'm going to have to go 100% Carol Baskin. I'm going to have to go with Carol. All right. Well, okay, we can agree that Joe Exotic was the most likable, most entertaining, <laughs> and... Most likable. I'll yeah. give him that. I'll give him no that. No redeeming qualities, but most likable. 100%. All 
I think he was just likable because he was all over the place. Yeah. Like, yeah, during like his campaign, ride. like, the fucking guy was giving people condoms with his face on him. Like, who does that? Yes. Yeah, I know, yeah. Chris, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I you mean... ran for, Chris, you ran for office. Like, would you have given people condoms with your face on it? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know, his joke was about that, why he did that. Why? He goes, if you don't vote for me, you're screwed, and you'll need these. Nice. <laughs> That's how that's how you got that Scott that Scott ten dollars, yo. Oh, yeah. you got the Scott, second five. You probably got that. A, Scott. You probably got a box of them, huh? <laughs> no, no, Scott was married at the time. They you didn't come and go. They didn't come and go. <laughs> yeah, so we talked about the series. Obviously, it's a seven-part series, bingeable. You could go through it. Did you guys have a favorite episode from the series? The final episode is riveting. Yeah, when everything okay. starts to break down. Because it was over this... or? Well, no, it's just you got Jeff Lowe at his fucking peak, you know, and it's just, then you got the fucking, you got fucking Garrettson on his fucking, for no reason at all on his fucking. Yeah, the Jeff Lowe coming, he was at his peak. Bike. Jeff yeah, Lowe's no, like bandana was like, like a fucking. fucking... <laughs> It looks yeah. like fucking. It looks like one of the nasty boys. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, dude, Jeff. That's what I was gonna say. His bandana was like uh, his like black tie tuxedo, like yeah. at the last, like so, in the uh, last episode. I'm not gonna lie. Most of these characters look like reincarnations of the Captain Amer- uh, the Captain Planet villains, yo. Like fucking, <laughs> G- Garrett said, looks like Hoggish Greedly, and then fucking Jeff Lowe is clearly that guy, uh, Duke Nukem or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck? Is... <laughs> All right, Queen. yeah. Then fucking, <laughs> then fucking Daka. <laughs> Water, heart. <laughs> yeah, and fucking Carol. Carol Laskin is Doctor Blythe. All right. <laughs> oh god, that's hilarious, bro. So who's Captain uh, Planet though? Nobody. The director. Uh, yeah, the director. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. your no, powers we're, we're, no, we're, combine. We're only doing the. Yeah, we're only I doing the villain. Donald Trump. <laughs> he was rocking the flat top. Yeah. Uh, Scott, uh, do you have a favorite episode? Oh uh, no, I mean, yeah, I agree because they're all they're all terrible and they're all amazing. Uh, my my favorite episode was uh the second episode, I believe. Which is when we get introduced to my favorite character, uh, Cowley. And it's okay. and it's uh, it's also <laughs> no. He's like, there's so much smeared off in that fucking scene. He was like, no, 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 that was a later scene. Oh, this okay, right. this was when they first and you realized what Joe Exotic was doing. And I thought this was really cool about him. He was going to like the first gas station after the first bus stop of when the prison buses let you go for free so this was like the first place and he would go there and he'd fill his gas and go you're the cream of the crop you want to come work with tires and then be like yes please and that's how he filled his that was amazing i thought it was really fucking awesome because we didn't talk about that so like we killed carol for like her source of labor we killed doc for his source of labor we didn't talk about how joe was basically recruiting exactly fresh out of prison to come work for him and letting him stay for free at his trailer park which is basically a dump 
It's a pain and you can get Dale donuts in the form of hot dogs every day. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's a good point. I mean, it goes back to what Wiggins had said earlier. Like, as different as these three people are, there are a lot of similarities between all of them. Yes. Um, well, I'm agree with Wiggins again. I'm gonna say that episode seven was also my favorite episode. Um, and I think it's really just because of uh, the scene with Eric Cowie and all the different angles we got on the Smirnoff bottles. <laughs> yeah. The episode just packed it in fucking Smirnoff bottles and the fucking Wave Runner, and then fucking Jeff Lowe. <laughs> She's I'm gonna get a Dude. nanny. She at least should be hot. Smirnoff those... <laughs> doesn't even have to advertise for the next three years. They get just shots from this. <laughs> they just got free advertisement, all the subliminal yeah. messaging. Like, yeah, like, see, it's I mean, not just college white girls. It's also fucking <laughs> Brett Michael lookalike. I just resorted for the next best thing. I was like, fuck it. Let me get a Smirnoff ice. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been fucking drinking like a month, yo. Damn. Well, it's yeah. probably because of the current During the... Oh, you guys aren't just only drinking during the quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. All, all I got are, like, the old White Claws. And, like, it's, I mean, it's, like, white now that claws. I know that there's, yeah. yeah. Oh, you I switched to White Claws. Yo, you've been hanging out with white girls, haven't you? <laughs> Likely. Uh, look, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I switched to White Claw when I switched to dating apps. That, makes, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's, uh. <laughs> Look, I, look, I had some like, all right, it's like, it's weird. So everything, every, I have whiskey, wine, and white claw. That's it. White wine, whiskey, and white claw. World War Three at Wiggins places. World <laughs> War Four. You'd have any Smirnoff? What, what's up? You'd have any Smirnoff? No, it doesn't start with a W. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna get some Weefen, I'm gonna get some Weefen Stoffner. Behind the What's that yellow? What's that yellow? Uh, what's that yellow beer? That German beer called the yellow one? Uh, Hefeweizen. Okay. No, you're thinking maybe a Belgian beer called Lefe. Okay, it doesn't start with a W. Never mind. None of those. Okay, just Weefenstaffner. Weefenstaffner. Yeah, I'm not German. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm part German. Where did we? Where did we go off on this tangent? Um, where did we not go off on this? Oh tangent? yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, the last thing you were talking about was you were gonna Favorite. go. You, we, we talked about favorite episode, then you were going to go to something else. Yeah, I was going to talk about how I was going to ice uh, Scott Bauer. Oh, I'd chug it. I did. A, actually, <laughs> I never exactly told the story in my life. I, I love that. That part's a tangent, and we went directly back to it. <laughs> no, uh, I got iced during my baby shower of my first and only child. I opened a gift, and it was a 21-ounce ice-cold ice. Yes. And I had to chug Yo. it. And it's on film. I just love the <laughs> fact that you knew exactly what I was talking about. Because, like, I talk to younger people and, like, they're like, what is I? I don't know what that is. Like, I went out to, like, a friend's birthday party, like, a while back. And somebody did the exact same thing. Like, they gave him a gift. Like, oh, open your present. And he reaches in, pulls out the 22-ounce bottle of Smirnoff. Yes. He gets down on one knee and chugs it. And a lot of the younger people in the group are, like, looking around, like, what the fuck is he, what is he doing? What's going on? Why is he doing that? I'm like, dude, he got iced. Yeah, I You don't know what that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate, I hate that shit. <laughs> and maybe the only reason I know about it is because I used to party with a lot of white people, like, back in my skater yeah. days. And that's probably what? why, like, yes. I felt that, like, it was a little nostalgic for me. You know, <laughs> seeing tell somebody. Did I tell you when I, someone who wasn't even so invited racist, to my house? I see. <laughs> 
Oh, I'll ISIS tell you, happens to be white bro, as a jerk. Because me- Mexicans don't do that shit, bro. Yeah, like, black people don't you know, do that either. They might just do like the beer tap, like you're like sipping on Coronas or Budweiser, and they'll just tap the top of you, like, "Hey, you gotta chug it, fool!" And then you just, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I will tell you, I had you some guy cutting grenade of Mickey's. You're good. Oh hell no! <laughs> bro, I got, I got a cousin that's all he drinks is Mickey's. Oh, I like, like your that's cousin, his yo. Shit. Yeah, that's dope. I like that cousin. He's <laughs> good. Yeah, I feel, yeah. My dad, he always has like he always has fucking butt ice and smearing off ice in his fucking truck, and he goes like, "Yeah, Chris, I got arrested again." I was like, "I wonder why." Maybe it's the empty bottles of butt ice. Like, yeah, I choose the smearing off ice over the butt ice. Yeah. yeah, no, he has he has that. No, he has both. He has both. It's just there, and he's just like, "Yeah, Chris, you drink that bougie beer." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I, was like, I don't drink like I'm a fucking 19 year old fucking guy named fucking Derek." That's like, what would yeah, he I, say if he knew you had white claws at the house? Oh, he he be he be on for that. No, the problem is the problem is when when like left he would have called left bougie. He like yeah you can't have the lefe or the fucking if if it's not readily available at a fucking Target or like the random fucking shoddy liquor store with a roach problem he thinks it's bougie. <laughs> uh, I, I mean Bud Light, Coors Light always available, right? Yeah, White Claws are always available there now too. True. Exactly. Yeah, True. So, yeah, they're, yeah. It's like low class. All right, I'm gonna jump back on this before we get off topic more. Um, okay. I don't want to lose more people. I feel like we already dropped from like two listeners to one. Nice. Right, so I love how we Mike <laughs> fucking like <laughs> somehow. I'm kidding. We, yeah. So yeah, dude. I'm <laughs> making people. Yeah. Now people are like, oh, okay, all right, it's fine. We can stop listening. Well, then. they didn't know what I was referring to. It could have been two million. It could have been. You just 1, said 000. listeners. I said yeah. from two to one. I could have been referring to two thousand, right. two million. Anyway, uh, we have two million, by the way, people. <laughs> so obviously, like the premise of the show was based off of the ownership of exotic pets, and not just people around Florida, but people around Ohio, because Ohio was a big center. But oh, how do yeah. you guys feel about? the idea of people owning exotic pets and the fact that there aren't any federal regulations against it. Well, look, I have to say that is absolutely abhorrent. I'm going to do it Stephen A. Smith style just for you guys too. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, at the end of the day, through, at the end of the day, when you talk about a man going out there and have a tiger, what, he ain't know the, he, he ain't the, he ain't owner of the Detroit Tigers. He's going to be having a tiger there. Look, I'm telling you, we, look, I'll say it like this. All right. The fact of the matter is, Owning exotic pets, these aren't things that we are capable or meant to own at all. They they need to be out there. They need to be out there pack hunting. To use a, another Jurassic Park reference, you know, as Dr. Alan Grant said, it doesn't want to be fed. It wants to hunt. That's what these exotic animals need to want to do. They want to be left out there. And the fact that they have this statistic that there are more animals in captivity here in the United States, double the amount, They're at double the... The lowest uh, estimate that they have is still double amount the amount of uh, tigers that are out in the wild, right? So I think it was like 4,000 that are out in the wild, and then about, at the very minimum, 8,000 here in captivity in the United States. That's a problem, you know? Yeah. And look, and this is not just guided by the fact that the wild animal in these wet markets are what have, has caused us to be stuck in the house and gets us all these listeners that we get to listen to. We're thankful for that. But the fact of the matter is we're not thankful for the the manner in which we proceed with exotic animals. They're okay to live amongst us in terms of being on this earth without us assimilating 
broaching, uh, broaching, we broach on their territory, you know, and then we go and put them into captivity to go around the people's house. And then like we get, we get surprised with, we get surprised when the animal acts a certain way, you know, what, what the, what's a famous kid, kid rock, or sorry, Chris rock, sorry, Chris rock sketch where he's talking about some, Oh, everyone's talking about some that tiger when it bit Roy or, or whatever, that tiger, <laughs> that, you know, that tiger went crazy. No, that tiger ain't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. tiger. He's sitting there having Justin around there after it went a little Hitler, just like Hitler went a little hat talking about some. <laughs> like we get shocked when they when the animals do this. That's what they do. They like no manner of hey, I watched this video of a guy right running up to a lion and blah blah blah. And you look, there's the old adage that the guy had the python or so, and he didn't like talk to any humanity. But then within like three years, they found they found him in the python's stomach because he like slept in a room with the giant python. The fact is that we aren't meant to own. This. We aren't meant to own this. We aren't meant to treat animals in this way. And that's where you get this perverse manner, at which you know they're being put in the gas chamber and all this other Mike Vick type stuff that uh, uh, Doc, that Doc, what's his name, is doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I um. I agree. I, I, so I've been very fortunate and blessed to have gone on uh, safari. Me too. Chris, I know you have as well. Yours is and, better, but you, you well, no. So I related to this. Like I've uh, I've seen lions. I I saw the big five. I saw the elephant and the buffalo and the uh, damn, uh, you see no damn lion elephant. and the yeah, you went to that leopard one. and the rhino. I, I think that's the five. Whatever. Anyway, and uh, I saw yeah. giraffes and I saw gazelles and I saw fucking lions. All the, anyway, in, in the wild, in their habitat, and you come up to them. It's what Jurassic Park was kind of trying to do, except it was playing it or whatever, right? And my point is, uh, it's it's the same thing when you when you see animals in the wild and what they're actually doing, and you go to them, you can see what it is. But if you if you keep them near us in cages that are bad, uh you're never actually seeing what they're supposed to be. Actually, I also want to say this. Joe Exotic had a quote when uh, it was later on in the in the whole thing. And it was about his chimpanzees. He's like, I finally gave my chimpanzees away. Uh, but I went to see them. Like, he went to see them, like, a couple months later. And they were both playing together. But he kept them in two separate cages. And he goes, did I, exactly, they were hugging, exactly. And he goes, did I withhold that from them for eight years? And that's my point. Like, you can't have this, like, proximity issue when you're, when you're talking about these wild creatures. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think people should own exotic pets. I think people are way too irresponsible to care for these creatures. And I think owning them should be illegal. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people that own pets that are domestic pets, like dogs, cats, turtles, fish, you know, that are irresponsible. I can't take care of them. Now, just imagine a wild creature, like a lion or a tiger, an animal that can, like, straight up kill you. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, how the fuck does a tiger cub go for only $5,000? Joe Exotic mentioned that a couple times where he was, like, pulling the cubs out of the cages after the tigers had given birth and he was holding them up and like this is worth five thousand dollars right here um i've seen bulldogs go for just as much so 
that's kind of like a stark comparison for me like a dog or a tiger five thousand dollars like that just kind of shows you the way that these animals have been commercialized and the way that people are basically taking advantage of the situation thinking that they can own an animal because it's small and cute and cuddly it's not until it gets bigger that it becomes an issue and i don't know if you guys ever remember the movie um about the gator that ends up uh, in the late, sewer late, no late, no late. It's, oh. an, it's an older movie i think it's called uh oh. alligator um but it's the same thing it's like a creative name people are like buying like these little alligators and once they get big they flush them down the toilet and like the whole premise of the story is like these alligators and end up in the sewer and they get bigger and what happens when they okay. escape and end up back in uh in the city terrorizing the people and on that note there's a similar situation that happened and that's the reason why i bring this up um because this was an issue that had happened with an individual that owned exotic pets and he had a zoo um this individual is mentioned in the documentary uh, very briefly in the first episode um <laughs> His name was Terry Thompson, and um, Scott, I know that you had met this individual and you knew him, um, so I'll ask you that question um, in a little bit, but just to give a brief no, background, I mean... so he was a, a Vietnam vet, he owned the Muskingum County Animal Farm in Ohio, um, he had served federal time in jail for gun charges, and when he came out, he basically came out of jail deeply in debt, his wife had left him. And um, it was so that he had already been suffering from uh, paranoia and possible schizophrenia and basically had a mental breakdown and decided to release all of his animals into the streets. And um, they all fled into the streets, which then led them to uh, basically get shot by police in what became known as the Zanesville Massacre. Um, All in all, they killed 18 tigers, 17 lions, 8 bears, 3 cougars, 2 wolves, a baboon, a macaque, and then Terry Thompson was killed as well. Um, so, Scott, you knew him. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about him? And the reason why I bring this up is just to kind of give insight as to why people shouldn't own these animals. Because had this individual uh, not released them, we would not have seen all of these animals get massacred. And that's just kind of me trying to portray, like, why irresponsibility of humans uh, leads to animals end up ending up suffering um, due to that irresponsibility. Yeah, I mean that's the official government story, man. Okay. So <laughs> no, some, no, I mean... no, no. So I knew this guy. It was kind of crazy, of course. No, you described it pretty perfectly. Like when I met him, I was working at a restaurant just outside of Columbus in the Columbus, Ohio area, and this guy would come in. And I was working at a Lebanese restaurant and he would come in, he just like shoot the shit and start talking. And the first time I served him, he just ordered food or whatever. And cool, whatever. Next time he came in, he brought like a photo book. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, and he starts showing me photos. I'm like, I don't know, is this guy gonna show me photos of the dogs, or the kids, or whatever? And it was like these big ass tigers and like ponds and shit he, and the way he talked about it he's like oh yeah like uh because i'm like dude these are like jungle creatures like how do you keep them in the winter he's like oh no i got the siberian tigers they break up my pond out back and float on the ice cubes and i'm like fuck like a real tiger owner would know that type of trivia you know like he was just like a, a normal dude and he really cared about all of his animals and then I moved to LA 
And this is like a story that I told a couple of people, like whatever. And then in, I think it was 2011 when the story broke, I was like, holy shit. Like he was a normal dude. Like, how does that happen? But like, it's probably because all of this background story that you said, he's like kind of crazy because he likes tigers a lot. I don't know. Maybe that's the whole moral of the story. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't want to cast judgment on him. Like, I didn't know him and I don't know his real story. You know, if there was a mental breakdown involved, I mean, a lot can go with that. Right. But my whole point of bringing that up was just the irresponsibility behind human ownership because those animals are innocent. Like they didn't have to end up that way. And obviously like I'm not also uh, throwing criticism at the police department because I mean, you've got wild animals that are apex predators that are now uh, causing uh, a potential danger to the population of people that live in. This yeah. Town. They had no other option. They had no, they had no other option. Catch they had no them, like... Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, I have it at 50 is 50 animals that were let loose as well. Uh, with among that, like eighteen tigers, I think you you given the numbers right. Eighteen tigers, six of those bears, and like two two six black bears, and then two grizzly bears as well. Yeah, and then uh, then I think two wolves or so. That's fucking yeah, like that's Jumanji, and uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, like that's fucking banana. Like think like we live here in I live in L.A. And there's some people that live out in, like, the sticks part of L.A., but we love them. Um, but, uh, you know, over there in, like, Altadena, like, bears, like, black bears get into your backyard. <laughs> yeah, Pasadena, they get black bears, they get black yeah, bears coyotes, cougars. Yeah, well, coyotes is fine, right? But it's like when there's a bear, you're like, oh. Uh, cougars. Fox? Bears, those... cougars. Yeah, cougars, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're oh. like, okay, this sucks, you know? And it's like, imagine that times all that 50. Or, but what if you had a name life. for that bear and you loved him? Like, that's basically what this show's about. Okay. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good point. So, I mean, like, to piggyback off that now, then, what do you guys think about, like, the private zoo industry then and the exploitation of cubs? Do you think private zoos should still exist? Or do Loaded you think- question. <laughs> Like okay, so the okay first and foremost, so ex- there shouldn't be any exploitation. No one's gonna say yeah, hell yeah to that. Um, in terms of zoos, though, unless it's th- towards capitalism. Okay. Um, in terms <laughs> of so it, yeah, no, not. not him. Yeah. Um, so in terms of in terms of zoos, uh, we we think a, a lot of what the zoo do. The, sorry, the zoo does bad vocabulary. Zoo does. Um, yeah, zoo does. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of what a lot of what the zoological societies are. Hey, these animals were not going to survive here. We're going to get them back to health, then we'll put them on display. They absolutely need us. Um, I look, and I imagine that there's some there's probably some fudging that goes on, but to my knowledge, I'm not aware of that. That's different than these little drive-by fucking. Hey, here's our creature of the week. Yada yeah. yada. You're driving in the fucking sticks, and hey, I gotta hey. If you just come down this road or whatever, I have like Are a you trying to say cage. carnivals can't exist in America? No, yeah, not at all. Well, there's <laughs> a reason why hey, the federal yeah, government I... took away their right to own animals. Yeah. So, uh, so in terms of like zoo, there's so much research and federal funding that goes behind that to help with the study and to help with the preservation. You know, Teddy Roosevelt would be proud of that. Teddy Roosevelt, a very solid progressive. Yeah. Scott's more like FDR. <laughs> and Teddy. Yeah, I like Teddy. Teddy's a progressive. No, I know. I'm saying, but you're more like FDR. 100%. That's a, 
That's no, you can't point, hike. You, you don't have the you don't have the ability to hike. I do. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> That's sorry, I'm sorry. Any, I don't have to apologize for this one. Actually, no one has what FDR had. So, all right. So, uh, exactly. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> Carol Baskins uh, lacked so much of the moral character of an FDR or a Teddy Roosevelt. Um, yeah, she was and I think I think what she did. Uh, and I am relating this to the question of like, should privacy exist? I think what she did proves, like, she she's such a villain, right, in today's society. And it's not because mm-hmm. she's a she; it's because she is uh, a hypocrite. Like, she's doing the same shit that she accuses Joe of doing, and she's like, oh, every picture taken with the little cub is uh, an exploitation of that cub. And then she has the picture of her with cubs and then like dead rabbits, all the shit. It's like, she's the, she's the picture ask like, do it my way or everyone else is terrible. And people don't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think there's the reason why she gets shit on a lot for that is because there's obviously some hypocrisy behind that. Right. And so she's, criticizing joe and a lot of these guys for trying to commercialize um and exploit these cubs and she's low-key doing the same thing exactly i think just the private zoo hi all you kittens and kittens (laughs) and tigers (laughs) i mean she she was smart she was able to market herself right so totally true her use of social media i mean it was spot on i mean she did everything by the book and her following is crazy and so i'll give her that and that's probably the only good thing I'll say about her. Um, anyway, I, I think the private zoo industry is ridiculous. I think that um, the people that want to create shelters for animals that have been abused through private ownership, like traveling circus acts, carnivals, these creatures should be cared for by a professional zoo facility like Chris had mentioned, where they're going to be cared for, rehabilitated, possibly released into the wild, or if they're not able to fend for themselves, at least taken care of and researched to where they can live a long and fruitful life. Um, the exploitation of cubs, I think, is terrible. And I think that it's very obvious from what we heard even in the documentary where a lot of these individuals were killing off these animals once they got bigger because it was going to cost them too much to maintain them and they were no longer going to be profitable for them because nobody was going to be able to use them in a way that um, was going to be seen as a cute and cuddly creature to take a photo with and i think that the government really needs to step in and just kind of play a bigger role in this situation and say hey like we're going to put more restrictions or regulations on you guys to really look into the best interest of the animal as opposed to using it in the best interest of yourself and the amount of money that you can make from them i i understand that we live in a capitalistic society and that financial gain is always going to be the number one interest but I think we need to take a step back from that because of the fact that some of these animals are now critically endangered in the wild and really take into consideration now their personal well-being and care for them uh, to make sure that they're being cared for properly. But that's just my opinion. Um, I'm going to stop. In on the myself. world of coronavirus, how are we capable of doing that right now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not right now, but I'm going to stop on yeah. my soapbox real quick. <laughs> but I think that's why it's cool that this show is out right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, we can't do anything about it, so we could just judge 
these psychos for like what true. they are. You know, that's true. I mean, if we weren't stuck being quarantined in the house, we probably would give two shits about this storyline. Exactly. But we do. So, um, given that the storyline was so off the wall, I mean, you've got these crazy characters, a murder for plot, a murder for hire plot that unraveled. I mean, this is some shit out of a movie. Would you guys maybe consider uh, seeing this storyline if they did make it into a movie? And if so, who do you think would be in it? Certainly. Um, so Lex Luger would play Doc. Uh, Doc <laughs> Isn't he dead though? No, he's still alive. No, Lex dead. Luger or yeah, no, 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 no yeah, you're right, both, you're right. Yeah, no, he he got uh, he's in jail. There's been oh. only one human that body slammed Yokozuna. Do you know who that was? <laughs> oh, gee, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so then, as far as as Doc far Anton. as as far as joe exotic i go christian bale then wow maldonado i don't know anyone maybe taylor lautner (laughs) (laughs) i I don't think he's doing anything better with his career yeah exactly (laughs) uh john john would be played by sam rockwall yeah i've got for let's see i go jeff bridges to play uh what's his name eric then I would go with your boy uh, in order to play uh, Mike's favorite character, Jeff Lowe. I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Sir, Syrian, Syrian uh, guy that played Scarecrow based on your hate about him. Sil- oh, Cillian, 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 Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy? Just because you hate him so much. I feel like no, that's no, no, no. I said that I, I originally I thought that he looked like a cheap Mike Greenberg, but <laughs> yeah. No, and then he like, didn't come around on him. Did yeah, he made a good villain. Like, I mean, look, yeah. the, 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 in one summer he played the scarecrow and then he played the fucking villain on Red Eye. You know? <laughs> um, no, I think that a good Jeff Lowe would be I think Jake Gyllenhaal would make a good Jeff. Okay. Like if he yeah, good Jeff. Jack and Jill, nice. What's up? Jack and Jill. Jack and oh wait, Jack and Jill. Jake Gyllenhaal and then you Jack and Jill. That's that's his nickname. Oh, oh I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that either. Okay. Yeah. Um and then as far as far as Carol Laskin, like younger Kathy Bates would have been perfect. However, for this time, I'm gonna go with Sarah Paulson if she like went on like a fucking uh eating binger. <laughs> Like she, mean, she makes a perfect dislikable character. So. She hasn't been taking care of herself during quarantine. I mean, she very well could be. Oh, she hasn't? Looking. Uh, I'm saying I mean, the Tinder profile looks amazing, though. <laughs> <laughs> Bauer, who you got? Yes. Uh, most well, dislikable? No, no. Would you, no, no. Would, you, <laughs> would you see this if it were made? Oh, man, a movie. movie today. Sorry. Oh yeah, hey Julianne uh, Moore. They they actually have a movie where Julianne Moore is playing Carol Askin, though. Okay, no, no, no. I mean, I I would say, uh, it's gonna be. It's a it's a it's a it's an interesting thing. It's a movie that was made into a documentary before it was made into a movie. I think. I don't know. Like, I feel like the movie was already gonna be made. This this shit's crazy, but. It's also this whole thing where like truth is way stranger than fiction. So I did, I don't think they could ever have made this movie up. 
Yeah. It has to be based on this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And people are going to eat it up because, I mean, it's it's already caused so much of a stir within, like, the community. Um, I mean, there's already a rumor going around. Jeff Lowe went and told a reporter that apparently there's going to be a new episode airing next week. Whether it's true or not, uh, we don't know. But I <laughs> On Joe Exotic TV <laughs> or on his shit? Right. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be on Netflix, but... Right. People are talking about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think they would definitely make a movie about it. Maybe not now, but like down the road. And I think everyone's going to think. Yeah, to it's got to be a time. while. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah. But we're all going to think about it. We're all going to be like, oh, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, we're all stuck at the house for 60, 90 days, however long this shit takes uh, to finally begin to uh, plateau. Um, we're all going to think about this series and where we were at that time. And so, I think that that's a little bit. I mean, that's pie in the sky. In my All right, this, you made it seem like this thing is 9 11, bro. Like, <laughs> it's not the Kennedy assassination. We're gonna be whatever. stuck in the house for a while. There's gonna be like some other random shit that comes up, right? This is this goes on. I love the coronavirus, uh, when VH1 does it, like, this gets its <laughs> own. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna always think of this time, and I'm gonna associate it with like what. This is your Star Wars Episode One racer? Yo. <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna always associate with what preceded it with like the death of Kobe Bryant and everything else. Like, it, it's just a lot of shit that's gone on, you know. And I think that's why, like, we'll sit here and, and think about where we were, maybe right. not physically, like the exact moment, like how you said, like the assassination of JFK or like a 9/11. But you'll know like what you're doing more or less yeah. like during that time this, frame. Yeah, this is roots. This is our roots. <laughs> exactly. But anyway. Oh man, you guys said it way easier. If this, if this were to be... <laughs> showing your age again. Um, <laughs> if this, if this Straight were a movie, <laughs> uh, as far as actors, I think I'd want to see David Spade playing Joe Exotic. Oh, because um, you play Joe Dirt? Or... <laughs> That's why they call you Joe Dirt. <laughs> I just think you do a good job. And... You got a problem with me? Talk to the microphone. If you don't like that, I got a backup microphone right here. <laughs> I, I will agree with Wiggins. I think Kathy Bates would be a good Carol Baskin. Yes. And uh, Larry the Cable Guy, if he lost a little bit of weight and lost some teeth, um, I think he could play uh, Joe's oh. husband, John. Okay, John. Yeah. Totally good. <laughs> A hillbilly to a hillbilly. Um, yo, so talking a little bit about Joe, like obviously we know that he's serving 22 years for the murder for hire plot. Um, I think he deserves a jail time, but I think his 22 year sentence is a little excessive. Uh, am I the only one or would you guys say that you agree? Look, I'd say this. He got, he went to jail for more than just a murder plot. It was also the animal violations and violating two federal laws. So uh, I'd say that based on what I've researched, that his sentence his sentence was commensurate with violating federal laws uh, as related to endangered species and animal and animal trafficking via uh, interstate commerce. Um, in terms of the murder stuff, I mean, or the murder for hire. Look, you probably shouldn't do things that lead cre- – like, you probably shouldn't hire some guy when you've already made a bunch of videos and, like, shot, like, of you, like, shooting, like, mannequins of Carol and, like, talking about how you want to fucking slice her up and stuff like that. Probably shouldn't do that, and that doesn't help your sentence. So, I'll leave that part out. Okay. Or I'll leave it there, rather. 
So part of liberty is the ability to fight against a law with which you disagree. Not break it, though. <laughs> I'm not saying, no, that's false. That's totally false. I love how he's about to say, no, I'm not saying that. Oh, actually, no, that's you're wrong. No, 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 no. You can break laws, but this is a this is a civil right to uh, own this... a tiger and be blessed with its <laughs> happiness. And so, therefore, how how can you create or or defend this civil right or defend the law against the civil right without also acknowledging one's natural rights toward happiness and liberty what Does the <laughs> argument just be that there's other ways you can be happy and that i don't know maybe 800 pound tiger i'm saying the you. civil right of a tiger okay but this wouldn't the tiger be happier if it was like fucking chasing an impala and then just like biting its neck or then like i licking don't know something Would, it, wouldn't skin? blacks be happier in their own school i mean is this what you're comparing it to <laughs> Nice. Scott just compared uh, black people to wild animals. <laughs> Fam, I'm going to edit that shit out because that's wild problematic. Like, that's going to get you killed. That is not problematic at all. Keep it in I think forever. We, yeah, Fam. I think we should keep it in. Uh, <laughs> I'm digging that shit out. <laughs> no way. Uh, <laughs> it was good until I said the, uh, I said, oh, he compared us to wild animals. I wanted you to go to that. <laughs> So good. Yeah, I'll keep it in there. Yeah. Uh, How do you go? Oh, there he is. All right. He's dying. I'm, I'm literally dying. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up, y'all. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's only like basically after. This, I mean, I'll leave you guys think we can keep it in. I mean, I'm I'm willing to care. just get sacrificed on Twitter. I don't care, but that shit's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> All right, Scott. Yo, you wild problematic. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna jump into this new segment because I don't even know how I can continue. But based off of what you said, um, so we have this new segment called "I Wish Them Nothing But the Worst," and this is based off of a running joke that Chris Wiggins and I have um, that I stole from my buddy Marvin. <laughs> yeah, shout out to your buddy Marvin. Yeah, Marvin behind the paywall, hearing what I said. <laughs> so this segment i wish them nothing but the worst we basically take the characters that we discuss um from the series um and we just pick the one that we dislike the most that we would wish nothing but the worst to um so having gone over all the characters in the series who do you guys wish nothing but the worst to doc doc like i scum like, i just hope he gets hit by a meteor yeah Yeah, i want him to end up like fucking uh mark curry's character at the beginning of armageddon right he's just like he goes to the big city oh this is new york anything can happen that meteor hits him (laughs) he's done yeah but he'd be in florida uh well no i want to go to new york and that to happen right just like carrying around like a fucking lemur or something like that and then bam (laughs) so if you would have asked me a week ago i would have had a different answer but okay. this week, I think it's uh, Carol Baskin's new husband. Howard? <laughs> Damn, Howard. 
<laughs> what the fuck did he do to you? He's the worst. <laughs> he's actually not the worst in this Dude, documentary. he's so the worst. He's like, literally, he knows this chick fed her previous husband to a lion. And so he's you call just him like, like a cuck? I mean, way worse than that. Like, <laughs> like bait. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck it. There's going to be a video online. Hey, yeah. Like a bait over there. Yeah. There's going to be a bait. It's going to be just, a new tag on X Hamster. It's just called bait. Yeah, he walks out of his car, like his very large SUV at a gas station in the south, and drops his wallet. And money also comes out of the wallet at the same time as his keys fall out. And he's like, oh, someone help me. And he's <laughs> okay, so had I asked you this question last week, who would you have said? What is like, uh, what is it like a Family Guy where he goes like, "Oh, I love you." Goes, I gotta watch my uh, fat kid, fat kid in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he got he's got to fend for himself. Like that's gonna happen. And then there's also gonna be a tiger hunting him at the same time, like at the end of his life from Carapaz. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> well, had I asked you last week, who who would you have said? Uh oh, totally. Last week, different answer. I would have said Carol Baskins. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, you're staying yeah, close because, to home, right? Exactly. Same address. Yeah, same address. Basically, gonna... they're the they're the worst two people. But I I figured out in the last week that Howard's even worse because he knows all of this stuff and he's encouraging her to be the worst person ever. Like, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, you're just gonna ambush them both on that bike trail. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> she takes this bike path every day. You're 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 looking at it on Google Earth as we speak. Google Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what a uh, plan <laughs> i saw the address and the spot on google earth take this 999 scope and this fishing rod i got from target and drive across <laughs> the country killer oh my god that's what i'm saying that's why i feel like this whole murder plot was such bullshit this is so ridiculous so ridiculous um on that note Based off of what you said, I wish nothing but the worst to Jeff Lowe. Yes. He's a, I already said he's a piece of shit. I already said I think he set Joe Exotic up intentionally and then snitched on him. Like, those are two things yeah. that I don't support or condone. And I feel like, like what Chris Wiggins said earlier, eventually karma is going to catch up to him. It's going to come from sooner or later, and we'll see what happens. I'm going to leave it in God's hands. Lie. With God. <laughs> You're going to put it in your hand. <laughs> All right. Nah, well. hey. I, we're being recorded. We're being recorded out here. I am not saying I'm going to do anything. Yeah, no. Mike don't, never said don't, that, don't come to my house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, last topic on here. Um, and this is always a fun one for us. Scott Bauer's internet conspiracy. Basically, we give Scott the floor. Um no interruptions, no cap. He just gives us his take on whatever conspiracy he feels is involved with the series. So take it away, Scott. I think this entire thing was about 
the Libertarian Party, which has been funded by, as we all know, the Koch brothers, to find a patsy against which their ideology is compared toward the actual bourgeoisie libertarians who do actually like walk around with Ayn Rand in their pocket wanting everybody it's like what Martin Luther King Jr. said he said in the in the USA we have socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor I think this movie represents all of those things, but in this time of pandemic, they released it just at this at such. Whereas we were talking about, there's no large stakes. We are only quarantined to watch the truly mad in our country that aren't actually representing real life. But in real life, they are representing real life. And... It's all a distraction. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, all right. That wraps it up for Bowers. Consp- <laughs> that wraps it up for Bowers conspiracies. Um, any closing thoughts on Tiger King before we go? Absolutely not. <laughs> Fantastic. Watch it. All right. Well, that's our time. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to this episode brought to you by the naughty law firm um i'm gonna take well, us you only out. pay for one <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give him i'll give him one more okay this show is brought it's to you by that bitch carol baskets <laughs> it's a freebie Yo, check on this us. out yeah everybody uh the next episode we got a little preview now we'll all you little cool bit cats of... and kittens our next episode is... all right there, just go ahead mike all right mike go ahead with what you're gonna do well all right, next episode's coming soon, but Mike is gonna have something special for us. Yes, I'm gonna take us out of here with the diss track by Mr. Joe Exotic. Uh, this is here, Kitty Kitty. Um, and oh, by the way, please don't forget to like and subscribe. And as always, stay safe out there. We are in quarantine season. Uh, this is Adventures Assemble. We out. <laughs>